Welcome to the Party Wagon Podcast, where we talk about all things TMNT, past, present, future. I'm your host from the YouTube channel, Know You Grow Up. And I'm your host, Brendan, from the YouTube channel, Brendan's Rambles. And happy Halloween, everybody. This is going up on Halloween. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. So Halloween, typically one of my favorite days of the year. Like, I love passing out candy now as an adult. Like, it's one of my favorite things. I just sit out in my driveway and watch Simpsons Halloween episodes and Lacey gets home from work usually about like an hour in and it's always a really fun time for me but bummer this year my dad's having surgery so I actually have to go back to Michigan to help him out and he's having surgery on Halloween so I'll be hanging out in the hospital all Halloween day long. Oh that sucks well I mean I guess Halloween too took place in a hospital, so there you right? go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's one of the movies I watched this weekend. So I just hope it doesn't turn out like that. So. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, Halloween's I it's just my I think anyone can tell it's like my favorite time of year as an adult. I love Halloween. Um the whole month. I've been doing a ton of shit for Halloween this month. Not 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 videos. I only put up one video. I was like expecting to put up a few Halloween videos, but uh i just i haven't really put up many videos this month i only put up one uh but I usually doing... like october you put up almost the most videos usually out of the year yeah last year i put up seven in one month that, like i said it's more than i put up this whole year um yeah. <laughs> but yeah i don't know i just well, I, I didn't get the, the move the video making bug this this month uh there was a bunch i wanted to do uh, but about like horror movies and stuff, I ended up just doing one about my top 10 Stephen King movie adaptations. Yeah, I've been doing a whole ton of stuff. I've been going, as I always do, I go to Sleepy Hollow, uh, did like the Hayride. There are people for years been telling me I got to do the Hayride. It, it was freaking awesome. Like you, you go through the old cemetery in the town, like the, everyone's in it. There's a block party, a Halloween block party on Beekman Street. The, the firehouse gets into it. They they supply the trucks that that bring the 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 wagons through town. You go through town. You go through the cemetery from the story and everything. You go through the woods. They have all this setup where like Michael Myers and Pennywise are attacking you and everything and <laughs> all the crazy stuff. Then you come out on one of the residential roads heading back, and everyone in the town gets into it. Like every house on that road is super decorated. One of the women there, she's just like a, a woman who lives on that street was completely done up as like the wicked witch of the west with like a cauldron and she's like doing the voice and like acting like one of the scare characters but she's <laughs> on her front porch and like people who live there walking by will like hit the the wagon and go like wow behind people and stuff and scare them like everyone's laughing everyone's screaming it was like it was awesome it was it was it was one of the coolest experiences i've had in sleepy hollow so yeah. when you go there where do you actually stay like how far away do you stay or do you actually stay there I, I just do day trips because it's it's an hour and oh. twelve minutes from me. So nice, okay. So I just go there in the morning and I stay all day and go home at night. Um, I went two times this year. Uh, both times we tried to look for uh, Raven Rock, which is a, a location from the book that Ichabod Crane go, like here's a story about, and then he walks by. Um, we almost found it. I think we were like. 10 feet or like 20 30 feet from it and we just couldn't find it um uh, we almost found it <clears throat> i've got the blisters all over my feet to prove it um <laughs> but yeah i still haven't found it at some point i need to find it and take like a million photos with it yeah it was a great time it was awesome uh went to my favorite restaurant there horse feathers which is apparently everyone's favorite restaurant now because <laughs> we originally went there because the waits for the other restaurants were like two hours and horse feathers was like a half hour the waits at Horse Feathers are like two and a half hours now. So it's like, right. they're doing great. Drank my favorite cider, Doc's Pumpkin Cider. Uh, I hosted a Halloween party 
uh, for some friends where we drank cider and everything and played a horror movie tri uh, trivia game and all this shit. And then that night we went to a hayride in Flemington, New Jersey, a haunted hayride and haunted attraction, haunted house and stuff. Haunted farm, actually. Like you walk through the cornfields and everything. I've just been doing a ton of Halloween stuff. Uh, I went to my sister's house to meet my two sisters uh, last Sunday and we just watched horror movies and uh, I, I do so much for Halloween. And I've been watching a lot of horror movies. I always do, but we had to watch something else, which we'll talk about later on. So right. <laughs> got into my horror movie schedule a little bit, but um, yeah. Well, what, what, what have you been doing? Do you celebrate it as crazy as I do or? I don't know if anybody celebrates as crazy <laughs> as you do, man. So yeah, I mean, you, look at my, you look at my cup right now. It's a freaking jack-o'-lantern. Right? So yeah. So Lacey is very, very into Halloween. So we've gotten a little bit more and more into decorating every year. And this year, I got some of those big like five-foot skeletons. I got a couple nice. of those. And my goal is to get a couple every year and just start adding to it Like as the years go on. There's one house on my way to work. This guy probably has like he has at least 30 of them and he has so much cool stuff going on in his yard. And that's like my ultimate inspiration. So right now we just have them like set up with our patio furniture out front that we drug out front and just have them sitting on that. But I definitely want to get more and more into decorating every year. Our neighbor has like a thousand inflatables that he blows up every year. And I just, I don't know what it is, but I almost like Halloween decorations more than I like Christmas decorations. I don't know if it is because they're just spooky and like Halloween or Christmas, it always seems like the same thing. And it seems like, over the last few years, like everybody's really stepped up their game Halloween wise. I feel like there's just a lot cooler decorations than there used to be. And I don't know, that's been really fun, but I guess we've just been more doing fall stuff. So we went like to the pumpkin patch and stuff the last weekend. And I guess, yeah, we've been watching our scary movies, which I'm kind of behind on. We watched Friday the 13th, or no, sorry, watched Nightmare on Elm Street last Saturday. The weekend before Halloween is always when we watch Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, so we'll do that. But yeah, definitely a little bit behind on my movie watching this year for sure. Oh, okay, yeah, that that's that's all good stuff though. I mean, you never watch Halloween 3 season of The Witch. <laughs> Dude, I've tried and I just can't get into it. It's just I don't know. I don't know why it just bums me out that it's just such like a huge departure from the first two. But then eventually they do pick back up with Halloween, like the classic ones. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like a Zelda 2, you know what I mean? It's just that yeah. that oddball thing. They screwed it by not making that Halloween 2. If it, Halloween 2 was that movie, I think everyone would have been like, oh, okay, it's an anthology series. But you did Michael Myers twice, and then you didn't do him. Yeah. So it was like, you can't start an, an anthology series after establishing your series twice. Like, you can't do that. So No. Uh but yeah, that's great. Going to the pumpkin patch is always great. I love those smells, those fall smells. I love the foliage. Like fall is just the best time of year. Like as a kid, yeah, it's we're all starting to we this is like the first day even where I noticed it. It's like, man, there's been like a huge like leaf change in the last 24 hours. Right. Like everything's starting to hit hard here now. So yeah, even got that fall smell in the air today, that like yeah. dry leaf smell. Oh, I love that smell. Yeah, sure. like as a kid, I'm all about summer because you're off of school. When I grew up, I'm like Summer's great, but it, it kind of sucks in its own way too. It's too hot. Everything like fall, fall is the most superior season. I think, I think so too. And it's weird because I was literally just thinking about that today. I'm like, man, like, you know, like, I guess I can understand living in San Diego and literally never having rain, having sunny weather all the time. But I don't know if I'd like that, man. Like I really no. do like, I don't like seasons, but I like fall. Like I don't like winter spring is <laughs> I like spring, but like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if the year would feel right if I didn't experience fall. Yeah, I don't like winter. My my ideal year would would have no winter. So it would it would start instead of January. It starts with April. Then we have May. Then we have June. 
Then we have two or three Julys. Then we have August. Then we have September. Then we have two or three Octobers. Then we have November, December, and then it goes back to April. January, yeah. February, March can go just fuck that. I do like March because it's my birthday month, so I do like <laughs> that. But, dude, you never know what you're going to get in March. Like, I've had my birthday outside before, and then there's been birthdays where it's been, like, 10 degrees. So it's, yeah. it's such a mixed bag what you get in March. That's why I hate March. It's like it's like a tease. It's like, it oh, spring's here, and you look outside, it's a freaking blizzard. It's like, right. But, see, if you had my year, your birthday would be in June. That'd be that'd be better. Oh, but then you wouldn't be in school. And I always felt bad for the kids that didn't have the school birthday because then they just really? had to make up a day to bring in their treats. No, I felt I had a July birthday. I loved it because I was like, I don't have to go to school. I, I'm off. It's in the middle of the best <laughs> time of year, in the middle of summer vacation. I was going to Vermont, my grandparents. Come I had the same birthday as my grandfather, uh, July 14th. So like we would celebrate together. So uh, we'd go up there. And it was great. I still have a party at my house where like a bunch of kids who hated me would be invited over and they'd give me presents. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'd go have the family birthday in Vermont. It's like, oh, it's great. I'm in a vacation house in the middle of summer vacation. We go out to eat and everything. And it's like, oh, this is great. It doesn't get any better than this. I don't want to go to school with a bunch of kids I don't like <laughs> on my birthday. And like, you know, I loved having a summer birthday. I actually felt bad for the kids who had school birthdays, honestly. All right, man. I guess it's just, what's, what's the phrase I want to use here? In, in, in the eye of the beholder, but I don't really know how to phrase that right. Yeah, it's all relative, I guess. Right, there you go, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, October is the best month of the year, in my opinion. I agree with that. It's definitely I, my favorite. I would be happy with Halloween lasting three months. Like, I <laughs> Yeah, it is. It just goes, it's so short, it seems like. It seems like the Christmas season lasts for an eternity, but I feel like Halloween from October 1st to October 31st just flies. Yeah, that's why I start in September because it's like I know it seems a bit too early to some people, but it's like it just goes too fast. It's my favorite. I wait all year for this shit, so it's yeah. like, and like you said, the Halloween. Uh, you were talking about the decorations. I think I think the reason they're better than Christmas because there just is more creativity in Halloween. Like everyone has yeah. their own spin on it. There's the traditional black and orange hay hay cornfield, you know, bales of hay, pumpkin style, pumpkin patch style. Then there's like the the bloody disgusting like, right. like horror one then there's the people who do inflatables the people who do like the 12 foot skeletons now and shit yep. like the huge ones and there's a guy i've seen who has like a 12 foot skeleton a 12 foot one with a jack-o'-lantern head there's like that te- like 10 foot witch on her broom now oh and, nice like, yeah i've never seen anything but a skeleton that's awesome oh there's a bunch of them now there's like a like a nine foot werewolf the, the craziest one I saw, I saw the werewolf the other day. Okay, I did see that. I'd oh, never okay. seen that before. I thought that was like maybe a custom thing. We went to the small town to go get food. I guess not a really small town, but like just driving through it, they had way more houses decorated than we do even here in Muncie. And this one, it had so many like huge skeletons and stuff, but it had that werewolf. I, I didn't know if it was like a prop from something or what it was, but it looked amazing. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, I thought the werewolf was custom when I first saw. He's wearing like a flannel, I think, is the the one yep. I saw. And uh, at first, I thought they made it, but then I've seen it multiple times now. So I'm like, oh, okay. I saw it last year. I think it was new last year. I want to say. I okay, think the yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen it. The witch is new this year. I've seen a lot of people have the witch, where mostly the broom is tall and it's like standing up, and then she's like flying, holding the broom. Gotcha. Um, Home Depot sells all that crap. I went yeah. to Home Depot and they have it, and they the the big one this year too. Not a lot of people have it because it probably costs like you know like a salary but there's a, a 13 foot jack skellington and that was crazy enough but then when we were on the hayride someone had it on their front lawn 
and it talks too like its mouth moves and it talks and shit so like damn it, it's insane i don't know like I don't know what that's running. I don't know if you have to plug him in. He's 30 feet, 13 feet tall. I don't know how many wires are running through him. Like, but yeah, people go crazy. The Home Depot, uh, they sell all the craziest stuff. But I, I'm not rich enough to get my Halloween decorations at Home Depot. Yeah, I, I knew that's where the giant skeletons came from. But I just got my five-footers from, I think, I got them from Meyer. They're like $50 a pop, which, I mean, also, I think about it this way. I got those giant skeletons for $50, and that's how much a Super 7 figure costs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm beginning to start to wonder what the price of plastic really is yeah i know i i think that honestly too when i'm going halloween decoration shopping actually that's a video i am going to put up before halloween's over is i've recorded like a tour of my indoor decorations i'm just going to put nobody cares but i'm going to put it up anyway because it's my youtube <laughs> channel i can do what i want yeah when I'm, every year i go crazy with the halloween decorations i'm always thinking like you know some of this shit is so cheap and it's like just as much plastic if not more than like your average like super seven figure or something yeah. it's like i know the sculpt isn't really as good the, the exactly there's not as much stuff. detailing and tooling and i understand yeah. that but still i mean if we're just comparing plastic here like i feel like one is a lot better value than the other one for sure yeah halloween halloween's just like it brings up the creativity in people or i think christmas is like i love christmas don't get me wrong but it's just like okay christmas tree lights um maybe like some snowman decorations or something and like that's <laughs> maybe the light of reindeer on the on the lawn that's about it but yeah it's it's still i still love seeing christmas decorations but halloween is my time so yeah i just like this entire stretch from like october to the first of the year like i don't know it just feels like it's just the last quarter of the year just feels magical all the way through because even like the gap between like even november like i still have thanksgiving to look forward to and it's just yeah. awesome weather so like i don't know it's, it, it's the fourth quarter is definitely just my favorite time of the year in general i agree what once new year's comes uh it sucks for a little while but uh the the, the final quarter is amazing yeah i yeah. love the, the final stretch of, of the year definitely the best because as a kid it, it, like i enjoyed the hell out of it i loved it but it started off a little depressing because summer tr summer vacation was over and you're back in school and stuff but like now that I'm an adult, I'm like, no, this is the best time of year, hands down. I'm like, nothing comes close. Right. But speaking of Super 7, Super 7, we're finally going to get back to Turtles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Super 7 finally released a wave, which I didn't even know about until you told me just before we recorded this. Yeah, so Wave 8 started hitting, and Super 7, or sorry, the Glow in the Dark Slash also hit, which I have, which is a pretty solid figure. He definitely still has kind of the same, like, looser hips, but again, I've already hit it once with hairspray, and they seem to be a bit tighter, so I haven't messed with Loctite, but everybody says Loctite works pretty good on loose joints, so I might give that oh. a try, but he's he's phenomenal. He's definitely up there for one of my favorite figures of the year, for sure. I haven't gotten any of the Wave 8 figures yet, and we were talking about it before this. I think I have, like, the same order of priority that you do i'm gonna probably if i pick them off one by one i'll get genghis i'll get space cadet raft um the robotic rock study and then i'm passing on that shredder because i just at this point i don't need to be buying 55 dollars repaints unless it's something i really really like which that shredder i just i just i don't know like I get that it's like the more accurate tune colors, but I, I don't look for tune in this line. I like the playmates aesthetic so I guess that's probably why it doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's like uh, I'm doing the exact same thing you're doing. I'm not getting the shredder and I have the same order. Yeah, I, I don't think the tune is what I need. I mean, we already have NECA doing the tune line perfectly. We have uh, loyal subjects doing their tune line and stuff. I don't need another person doing a, a tune line. Um, 
and like you said, it's not even the accurate colors. He's he's not wearing like the 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 you know tunic or whatever he with the gray shirt. He's like still shirtless and stuff. And the only reason to buy that figure really is that alt head. And I'm not spending fifty five dollars for an alt head. So uh, yeah, I'm passing on the shredder. But uh, it's nice to see them finally put a product out again. Yeah. So. And again, the one thing I was worried about is this delay meant that they might be like retooling a ton of stuff to not make it as Playmates like, but these didn't really seem to change at all from the renders that they showed. Like they look spot on and I haven't watched any reviews. So I've kind of stopped watching reviews. Everybody's on Facebook group seems to be saying that they're all bangers so far, which is awesome because we had a lot of issues with Waves five and six so it's nice that this wave has came out and i haven't heard like really any bad things about any of these figures yeah i had a lot of problems with wave five wave six i don't think i had any issues actually but wave five i had a lot of issues so uh yeah actually no wave six was just bangers in my opinion. yeah because wave five was krang and that leo that had a lot yeah. of problems yeah and that was half the wave and then um leatherhead and uh Yep, my leather head kind of has like some weird hips, and then yeah, and then Ray Filet has that like torso gap that Casey has. So I guess there, well, I didn't even think about that because I opened them all at the same time. But now that I think about it, it was everything wrong with Wave Five? And yeah, I guess people didn't like the colors on Ace Duck, which I get. I wish his jacket was darker too, but that didn't really bother me too much. Oh yeah, I forgot Ace Duck was Wave Six. So yeah, Ace Duck in my book, Ace Ducks. He's not terrible. He's a good figure. I just, I really don't like the paint apps. Yeah. Uh, I had no problem with slashes. Like we said, I think we, we both like the darker colors better. Uh, I thought Ray Flay was the banger of wave five. He was the best. I thought Leatherhead too. Actually, those two were bangers, but yeah, scratch was great. Uh, Sewer surf and Mike was great from wave six. Like wave yeah. six was pretty solid. Good to see that they are coming out. Playmates uh, authentic. They didn't retool them. But the problem with that, though, is that like now it's going to suck even more when we have to wait through the 2003 waves because it's like, dude, I just want more of these. I want more of the Playmates ones. And it's going to take so long to get the Playmates ones now. We, we still have a lot on deck because, I mean, wave nine, I, that's like my most anticipated wave yeah. out of everything that's out for sure. Like that wave is just phenomenal. So hopefully they showed prototypes at san diego or i can't remember which one i'm pretty sure it was san diego they showed the prototypes for it and oh uh, yeah 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 they look phenomenal so like for again no, for like, much shit is given super seven it's just because they're not giving us the things they we want but when they do give it to us i do really like these figures like i said it, i've said this before a million times like it just feels special when super seven figures come out because they're so few and far between to where sometimes like with NECA, it almost feels like they're choking you with figures, and you're yeah. almost like, enough, enough, give me a second. <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel. NECA like, just puts out so much stuff. The thing is, NECA's so weird, too, though, because they're like this, where like you have some big droughts, and then they just blitzkrieg you with a million figures. And yeah, there's some stuff coming out soon, but usually that's how they do it. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm hoping they learned their lesson, because it, it seems like stuff is slowly starting to hit, like like Target, I feel like, is the first place where people start to find stuff in their inventory. And we had the Space Usagi start to hit, and he's starting to come out now. And then the Black Lagoon, Leo, was found in their inventory. And I'm pretty sure people have been finding the black and white Ronin places, too. So I hope they do start to go to a trickle-out method again instead of just like, here's this con, here's 
five tune releases, three Mirage releases, an Archie release, and all this crap at once because it does just it. It adds a lot of stress that I don't think needs to be there. And we all stress out. And then, honestly, at the end of the day, not everything, but most things, especially for the tune line now, are still available online. Yeah. There's not that, like, like rare demand that there was earlier in, in the toy line. Now it's like everything's pretty readily available. Even if you just go physically to Targets, they they have like a back stock of a bunch of the figures just laying on shelves usually. So it, it's definitely not as hard to get as it was when in its early years. No, and it can be at first. And there is, is still like sets like the Lawson Turtles haven't reappeared yet. And it, I don't even know if they are. I might have to make a video calling myself an idiot because I don't know if those are even going to get a wide release at this point. I've heard Target is going to get another release of those, but like that's one of those things where it did end up being hard to get after it's gone. Like I feel like my store had like eight plus of them and a couple of them did sit there for a little bit. But again, once they were gone, they were gone. And that's where I feel like you, you never know what that set is going to be that might sit there for a little bit, but it might not stay online. Like a lot of the tune stuff has been lately. Yeah. I never even saw those in stores by me. Actually. I, I've really? never saw the lost and turtles show up, but. Hopefully they get a restock because uh, I, I know that they're thinking like these are just turtle variants and they're not like something most people are even going to know what the hell it is. But uh, I think that there's more people than they realize. I think they think there's less people who care than there really are. And I mean, I feel like it's just anytime it's the turtles, like, I mean, I can't even think of a lot of two packs that probably sold better than that four pack of like where we are in the tune line now. Like did as many people want i can't even think of like the jersey red two pack as they did this turtles four pack probably not even close you know what i mean so yeah anytime they do turtles i almost feel like they should saturate the market because they're gonna go at some point like if anybody new hops into a line the first thing they're gonna want is turtles and that's the first thing they're gonna go for and if those are on the shelves i feel like that's just more of a win for everybody yeah I'm a little worried about what they're going to do with the wrestling turtles because a lot of people want those and they might not be easy to get. So that's like the one pack set I'm sure I'm not getting. And it'll be the (laughs) first, I think, turtle set period that I haven't gone after. So like in a very like evil way, I'm kind of excited for that one to come out. So I can just be like, ha, everybody else, look, I'm not even worried about it. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to get that one. Uh, The only turtle set I can think of that I want that, still hasn't come to retail that I believe is coming soon is the uh, turtles three turtles. Oh, so yeah. So they, when did they go up? They went up on Walmart's collector con, the two packs did. So I just got mine, but I'm assuming it's going to be the same situation as the secret of the used turtles, where they're going to be available here soon for a long time. Like the secret of the used turtles were up for, I mean, like three or four months on Walmart's website, you could get them for. So I feel like that is going to come here soon with those guys as well. And I don't even think they've had their, they've, anybody's even found them in stores yet either. So there yeah. should be a good influx of those coming. Yeah, I hope so. Cause I mean, I passed on the secret of the used ones just because even though I, I do, I know they're unique designs. It's like, it's really just unique heads, uh, slightly unique paint apps. It's not something I need that badly. I, I prefer the first movie designs anyway. But the three ones when they're in the samurai suits, it's just, it's just so iconic that I, I want the, that four pack. Uh, 
on my shelves, but like, I don't really need that many other variants of the turtles. I feel like we have a lot of turtles now. <laughs> we have a lot of different versions of the four turtles. So at this point, it's like, I'm kind of good on turtles. I mean, I know NECA is doing their variants now, like Space Don and Samurai Mike, and they say you can make them any turtle. You can like swap the heads and stuff, but um, yeah, I might get those. I don't know. Again, like, I don't, I'm kind of surprised how much I've sort of fallen out of the Nekatune line, which I, st I still think it's a great line. I love it, but it's like, I'm just not really getting excited for the releases anymore. And uh, I I'm not even checking. I haven't even been checking targets recently to see if they have anything. I don't think anything's come out. I think Space Usagi's coming out just now. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not, I I I'm not even thinking anymore. Like, oh, when that NECA figure comes out, I'll have to buy it. And so I'm not even thinking about those figures anymore, which is, Kind of a shame, I guess, <laughs> but uh, I guess my wallet enjoys it. So, so I definitely know what you're talking about, and I don't know what it is. Like I, I talked about this earlier, I feel like their tune reveals for Comic Con this year were just very underwhelming. Like I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the lack of like original characters, and there was some very cool things. Like that Krang looks super cool. Like I really like that. I like the business suit, Casey. I like the Evil Rex ones, but I don't know. Like, it just seemed like the year before was almost like just so many deep cuts. And then we were at the point where it's just like, well, now that we're into the deep cuts, we never really know who we we're going to get. So, like, we were getting all these surprises. And I know we're kind of getting down to the bottom of the barrel, but there is still a lot of characters that I would like. So, I know what you mean. Like, it just seems like the hype really is down around the tune line right now. And it seems to be much more focused on the comic lines, but like at the same time, I don't feel like the hype of the comic lines is as much as the tune line was like a year ago at this time. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't yeah. know. I just feel like to me, that was like the, the premier turtles line. Like that's the one that like elevated my level of excitement to hear and once that one went down like nothing else really went as high like i'm just not as excited like i'm excited about super seven figures like i said but they just don't come out so you can't really con consistently be excited about them so yeah i don't know what it is like i don't know if it's just something in the air or if it's just the lack of reveals but it just i know exactly what you're saying it just doesn't feel as hype as it used to I think, you know, people might not like hearing this, but I think it is just, again, a testament to how 87 Turtles is the most popular rendition of the Turtles. And, uh, you know, Archie has its very vocal fans who are really happy about these figures. And Mirage has its very vocal fans who are really happy about these figures. And everyone and their mother now loves The Last Ronin. But it's like, it just goes to show that if you, you show off major characters from those franchises, they don't, or from those iterations, they don't get anywhere near the buzz of, you know, like EF tier characters from the 87 cartoon get. So uh, I really think NECA is expecting every Turtles line to do just as well as the, the, the tune line. And I don't, I think unfortunately they might be in for a rude awakening. Like I, th I think they'll do well. Uh, like the Ronin figures will sell and, and all like the, the, the Mirage figures will sell. Uh, even then, though, I see Mirage figures on, on shelves all the time, way more than the Toon figures and uh, like major characters like Fugitoid and uh, God, Renette. Nobody bought Renette. Renette is like she's just been warming shelves for the past two yeah. years. Like uh, and she's a big character from Mirage. And, and again, she's one of my least favorite figures from that line. Like, I don't know why. I just I like 
I, I, every figure in that line is great too. Like that's the thing. Like the car, the comic book figures are objectively better figures than the tune figures. So I just can't figure out why I'm not as excited about them. Like it really is bias and nostalgia at the end of the day, I think. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like it, am I stupid? Like, I don't know. I mean, no, we just like what we like. I mean, it means something. We collect these figures because these properties mean something to us. Like, you know, Ninja Turtles mean something to us. And uh, I, I wouldn't like it if it wasn't for the, the you know, the original, well, not the original, but, you know, the, the, the original cartoon that I got into, the original yeah. toy line that I got into. That's what made me love it. So it's like, as much as I might get into a new version of the Turtles, at its core, it's all because of the 87 cartoon and the 88 toy line. So like, as much as people say like, oh, you're just wearing nostalgia goggles. It's like, yeah, well, we all are. That's why we like these properties right. in the first place. So I think like, I, I, I like the Mirage comics. And as much as I, I did like them, I didn't read them until I was in my 20s. Yeah. So seeing that cast of characters together doesn't create that feeling inside as when I see all these familiar faces from my childhood favorite cartoon building more and more and more like together. I'm, like, I want to see that expand. Whereas like, I don't care as much about like, Oh, look, this was that cool comic version of the thing I liked as a kid that I didn't know about until my twenties. It's cool, but it's not going to have the same effect where like, I need to build it more and more. Yeah. I definitely think that's a good explanation for sure. And at the end of the day, it is it is the nostalgia. And like I remember when before I like ever started my channel, like that's when like toy drama was really starting to like percolate and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people that were just like, You're a sucker if you just buy stuff for nostalgia. Like you should like things that are better. You shouldn't just put up with Hasbro's bullcrap because you like their properties. But like I do put up with Hasbro's bullcrap because I like X-Men and Spider-Man. Like that is why I do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't deal with Hasbro. Same with Power Rangers. Like they're the only one making Power Rangers figures. Where the hell else am I going to get them? So, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I I do feel like you're right. Nostalgia is the keyest ingredient. And, like, like kind of like a flip side to what you said is, like, so, like, the movie NECA line. Like, I definitely like the movies just as much as I did the cartoon. But, like, there just really isn't a lot of juice to squeeze out of that line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, the professor figure will be cool, but I mean, even like getting that Kino with the bike, like, or the scooter, like, it's cool, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, it just, it, like you said, it just doesn't hit the way even C-list, D-list tune figures do, and I, I don't know why, like, because again, even there, I do have the bias that I like those movies way more than I like, I mean, I should say way more than I like the comics, but in my childhood, I loved those, so I do have that classic nostalgia for them. But yeah, I, I I I just don't really know what it is because, like I said, I do think nostalgia is the key ingredient, but it doesn't work the same way with the movie line as it does for the tune line with me. Yeah, that is interesting. I think that just comes down to the fact that the movies, the turtles are the like the standout weird characters in the franchise. Mostly, everyone else is just a human. It's like. Not even just like, okay, it's just a human character. Like, you know, Dirk Savage made a great figure and stuff. But, like, they're just normal humans. They're, like, normal New Yorkers. Whereas, like, Dirk Savage was designed to look like a fucking action figure. Dude's like a fucking G.I. Joe. Right. So, it's like, the cartoon, I think every character, not only is it nostalgia, but it's also, like, 
these all look like action. These are, these are action figure toyetic designs. Yep. Where in the movie, it's like just a bunch of people. Like you just have a bunch of little shrunken people on your shelf. <laughs> and uh, It just doesn't create the same effect. I think you need that combination of like, is this a cool toy? And is this something that means something to me? Where uh, I think the movie series definitely has this mean something to me. But in a lot of cases, I'm like, but is it a cool toy? And yep. uh, when, so when the they perfect are perfect cool, example of that is the freaking sweatpants, white feeder, white trash Casey. Like, I love Casey Jones, but I fucking hate that figure. <laughs> yeah, because it, it doesn't make a cool action figure with the hockey mask and everything. That's a cool action figure. Yeah. But yeah, just some long haired mullet dude in a, in a wife beater. That's not a cool, that's not a cool action <laughs> figure. So uh, I know a lot of people go back to what you said, people saying like, it's terrible to buy a line just for nostalgia and you should buy what's good. It's like, but then I would just be buying a bunch of lines that mean nothing to me. Like yeah. I might as well just go buy the premium DNA mad balls and barnyard commandos and stuff. Cause like, those are great looking figures. I don't care about the properties, but it's like the tech, those are technically great figures. So I'm going to go buy those screw Ninja Turtles, which I actually know about and love. So I think like anyone who says that is just full of shit. Like, sorry if you've said that before and you're listening, but you're going to collect what you like. You, you, you put this stuff around your room to look at because it makes you happy. It reminds you of things you like, like you, I wouldn't just put a bunch of random action figures that mean nothing to me all over my room. That wouldn't make any sense. Like, why would I do that? So I'm going to put He-Man and Ninja Turtles and Thundercats and all that stuff in my room. Cause that's the stuff I love. Yeah. So that's like the exact reason why I haven't gotten into like mythic legions or cosmic legions, because objectively I think there's some of the best looking action figures ever created. Like the detail and intricacy and just originality of those figures. Like they're just gorgeous. Every single one of them. But like, at the end of the day, I'd just be paying $50 for a figure that doesn't mean anything to me. And I feel like just looking cool doesn't last that long because that's pretty much everything I've ever sold is stuff that I got because it looks cool. And then after a few months, I'm like, well, I mean, you know, this wasn't even a property I was into when I was a kid. Do I really still need this or should I make room for more turtles or more X-Men? And that's basically how everything has been eliminated from my collection up to this point. And just real quick, jumping back to something you said about the tune line, like, I feel like you did hit the nail on the head again. So like you talked about how it's mostly just human characters, but what are the two best characters in the entire line? Toka and Razar, and they're the only other two mutant characters. So I do feel like that makes perfect sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not opposed to the idea of, of new action figure lines. I mean, I mean like there's, there's one, I forget what it's called, but they're like dinosaurs, but they're like, Oh, Sarazoic warriors. Yeah. They're like all neon colors. Yeah. Uh, the, I might not be talking about the same ones you are. These ones, like they're almost the size of the vintage turtle figures, but they're like neon and they have that nineties look and they're real edgy and cool looking and crazy and silly. And uh, they're only like 20 bucks a pop. I'm actually, I've been planning for a while to actually get those at some Wait, point. Wait, are you talking about a retro line? No, it's a new line, but it's okay. made to look like a retro line. It's, well, it's because made the... there, there is another dinosaur line that's out that's like the same exact thing, but they're like six inch figures. They're seven inch. They really? look they look like they fit in well with Super Seven figures, and they're the same yeah. exact thing. They're like bright neon warrior dinosaurs. Yeah, no, those ones th those ones are actually less neon than the ones I'm talking about. Oh, I don't know if I've even seen the ones you're talking about. Then the, the ones I'm talking about they look like the freaking Toxic Crusaders toys or something. Like they're, huh. they're crazy. 
Uh, the ones you're talking about are cool too, but I can like the T Rex was really cool. They have the purple buffed out T Rex yeah. dude. Uh, but I'm good on those because the way I feel is like if I'm gonna get a new line, uh, it, it better be the price of like a kid's toy. Like I'm not if I'm gonna be spending like fifty, sixty dollars on an action figure, it's got to be something that I care about. Yeah. It's got to be something I love. It represents something that means something to me. If it's a new idea, like the, the dinosaur ones you were talking about, it's like, that's cool. Or Mythic or Cosmic Legions, like, that's cool. I'd like to have those figures. But I see, like, all of the goblins together and stuff. It looks awesome in, in Mythic Legions. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't mean anything to me, I'm not going to dish out that much cash on a new experimental thing. Like, I, I will support it if it's, you know, $10, $15, $20 maybe, and I like it enough. But I'm not going to spend that much if it's brand new. The only legions adjacent figure i've ever gotten is the headless horseman and that's because that means so much to me because i yeah. love the legend of sleepy hollow of the town of sleepy hollow of the season of halloween so um yeah I, i'm really uh, that's how i feel i feel like if, if it's if it's cheaper then i will support new ideas but if i'm buying collector figures it's going to be something i'm nostalgic for because that that's the only way you're going to get me to shell out that kind of cash and again like if i just had my my room filled with stuff i don't know it's like that that's cool i i i'm sure if they're cool figures they're cool figures but at a certain degree it's like why am i spending so much money on this show? i don't even know what the hell this is <laughs> so uh i got I, it's a it's an iffy situation because i do support i i do support the idea of supporting new ips i don't think we should only hold on to the same five ones from the 80s despite what hollywood thinks um but i i, I at the same time i do think anyone who says that collect getting collector figures only out of nostalgia is a bad thing is kind of full of it because <laughs> like that's what gets us into this market in the first place well yeah that's what brought that's the crux of all of this like i i was feeling nostalgic one day and then i don't know what happened after that but this is how i ended up here like <laughs> yeah. i i don't know how you would be into this without nostalgia you know what i mean like i, I don't yeah. know because again, even the reason I like action figures is because I loved them when I was a kid. It's not like I didn't like action figures as a child. And like one day I just discovered action figures as an adult. Like that's yeah. Like I've always looked at this as like when you're a kid and you're in the grocery store, not the grocery store, but you're like, you're in Walmart or whatever. And you're like, can I get this toy? And your parents are like, no, not today. And you're like, well, when I grow up and I have my own money, I'm going to buy whatever the hell I want. Like, essentially, that's what I've done, I feel like. Like, I just, I appease that inner child to where most people grow up and don't worry about that inner child. But yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay true to you, little Eric. I'm going to go ahead and buy everything you've ever wanted. That's how I feel, too, for better or for worse. Because there's times where I'm in Target or Walmart. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just there to pick up, like, whatever. But then I'm like, oh, we'll walk through the toy aisle. And sometimes I see some dumb shit I don't even need. But I'm just like, I want it. For a second in my brain, I decided I want it. You know what? I'm going to buy it. Because back in the day, I would have said I wanted it. My parents would have said no. So right. <laughs> I just bought like, uh, I think the last time I was at Target, I just bought one of like, the Jack's Pacific Koopaling, like toys Iggy Koopa. But uh, I, I saw it. been really hard to stay away from, honestly. Like they, they've yeah. put out so many characters for that line and now they're starting yeah. to do like i think they're making donkey kong figures and oh really yep there's a i saw donkey kong they were came out a while ago and they just repackaged them for amazon too but they have a couple figures from breath of the wild like they just have link and zelda but like i feel like they're I've starting to those. dabble a little bit more with like regular nintendo characters but the mario line like i mean they've already done like almost every suit from mario up to this yeah. point i feel like 
Yeah, they. Uh, I I've made the rule that the Mario line. I only buy the Koopalings because they were like my favorite character as a kid. It's been so hard to not get Kamek the Magic Koopa. I really like his figure when I see yeah. his stores. I'm like, yeah, yeah he just came out not too long ago. He's one that caught my eye too. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, the movie figure for him looks really cool too. Actually, the movie figures are nice, but um, those do look really cool. Like that Bowser was a really cool figure. Oh yeah, that Bowser was awesome. The, the, the play feature was awesome too. With, like the fire that lights up and like smoke comes out of his mouth. Oh, I didn't even know he had a play feature. Yeah, like there's a you put like water in him or something, and it turns it into steam, and his mouth goes dangerous. Red. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it's the regular Bowser that's like on there, and like yeah, I don't know, I don't know if uh, what's going on in there is turning into steam, but uh, like a fog comes out of his mouth, and it's all red, almost like a Halloween decoration. It looks like there's like smoky fire coming out of his mouth. It's really cool. Uh, I, know, I feel like I want it. Yeah, and he's a big Only like thirty dude. bucks too. Like they're not yeah. bad priced at all. No, he's a big, chunky, well-painted, like, gradient, like, green to yellow, and, like, he's really well-articulated, and he's got that crazy action feature for 30 bucks. It's like, Super 7, I don't know. Right? <laughs> Little sus. Jack, Jack Specific is, like, I, I use them in the best action uh, podcast also of, like, they kind of expose people like loyal subjects for overcharging, because, like, those Mario and Sonic figures and stuff are, like, almost just as well articulated as little subjects but the molds look better they look more like the actual character and they have more varied body builds and stuff mm -hmm. like when you're doing something like mario like sonic there's a lot of sameness between a lot of like the the, the i don't know you call them mutant <laughs> animal designs uh but like mario like every character's got like a different weird body build and stuff like you got one that's a plant coming out of a pot then the other one's like a turtle and then the other one's like you know, a princess, like they have those crazy body builds. Um, and they all look spot on. And uh, I've seen the Breath of the Wild ones in stores, and I've seen they have Samus. I almost bought the Samus one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one, like Super Metroid style Samus. Uh, but if they start doing Donkey Kong Country, I'm, I'm getting those. Like, if they do like Diddy Kong and like King K. Rule and stuff, I'm buying those. So, I mean, I feel like it's coming because, like I said, the the Donkey Kong one looked like it was almost in the same exact packaging in the Mario ones too. Like I feel like the Zelda figures were packaged a little bit different, but this one, yeah. it looked like it fit right in with the Mario mm -hmm. line. Okay. They, they might just be doing like Donkey Kong as a Mario, like, you know, side character and not as a Donkey Kong line, but I, I kind of hope they do their own Donkey Kong line, but they've always been like interchangeable. Like you have like funky Kong and Mario Kart and stuff. So right. uh, I feel like, Especially since uh, there's still that talk that the, the the Donkey Kong Country movie is coming. That's the next Nintendo movie. I think they're really going to want to start pushing Donkey Kong uh, if that's the case, which they did. The last Mario Kart 8 update added Diddy Kong, Pauline, and Funky Kong. So it's like they're really just putting like Donkey Kong adjacent characters in. And I mean, the next part of the, the theme parks that's planned to open is the Donkey Kong Country area yeah. uh, with the minecart ride, which sounds awesome. Um so it seems like it's in Nintendo's best interest to really start pushing Donkey Kong again. So I'm excited. Yeah. If they make a Donkey nice, Kong. I would really like to get, I've never played Tropical Freeze, which I mean, I feel like that's like my last holdout game for Switch that I haven't played yet. Like the one that I feel like I, I have to get before I'm done with the Switch. But I, I would like to see another return to like a two, 2D, 2.5D, however you want to do it donkey kong games because i just i feel like that's the one ip that nintendo has that's 
like I know Mario is like their premier platformer, but I feel like there's just so much different stuff you can do with Donkey Kong. Like it really has been a shame that they haven't done as much with that game over the years. It's so surprising too, because they do market Donkey Kong Country as like their second tier platformer series. And yeah. uh, like, I would say these days, it's changed a lot over the course of my life. I would say these days, the big five Nintendo franchises that get marketed the most are Mario, Animal Crossing, Splatoon, Legend of Zelda, and Donkey Kong. I would say those five are like the biggest. Um, and they, they honestly, even as even though those games are really big, I feel like Donkey Kong gets marketed more than them. Like it's just like in the Mario movie, like it just hits the brakes and turns into a Donkey Kong Country movie yeah. at some point. Um, and uh, it's just like a franchise. They haven't made one in like a decade. Like Tropical Freeze came out on the Wii U in 2014. Yeah. So like I, I only is ten years then yeah that's crazy yeah. I it was winter 2014 so it's all it's going on the ten years and uh, I only played it on the Wii U I thought it was great though I actually think it was a better game than Returns and Returns was already good uh I, I still just I hate that they got rid of like the Kremlings though the, I I love the Kremlings <laughs> like the the crocodile bad guys yeah like, I feel uh, like it'd be weird yeah because I haven't even I haven't even, I haven't even played tropical freeze so I didn't know that they changed up the antagonist real quick before we get back on top the one thing about that fucking donkey or the Mario movie every time I see Donkey Kong now I get that damn song in my head DK Donkey <laughs> Kong like every time now that thing gets stuck in my head you know because that was originally in DK64 that was like the intro to the game oh was it okay I've never played Donkey yeah. Kong 64 because I've heard it's so terrible I've never even I, wanted to touch it I did not like that game. I remember I I got an N64 later, like when I was in like like senior year of high school, because it was like 10 bucks at like a store or something. And they had a deal, like get like two games for five bucks at that time for like old consoles. I remember getting DK64. I did not like it. Like I'm not a big collectathon guy, and that just like pushed the collectathon shit too far. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, I mean, DK, the DKC trilogy was so beautiful looking on Super Nintendo. It yeah. pushed the boundaries. And then on the N64, it just looks like shit. And it's yeah. like... Because that that just... those That age of graphics has not aged well at all. Yeah. Like Because Super Nintendo and Sega, that was pretty much like 2D perfected. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even where we are now with 2D, like, yeah, 1080 makes things look a lot more clear and prettier, but, like, I mean, Mega Man X graphics are amazing. Donkey Kong oh, graphics yeah. are amazing. Like, Earthworm Jim, that looks great yeah. still today. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it starts with the DK rap. I actually learned about it first from uh, Smash Melee, though, because uh, the Donkey Kong stage played the DK rap in uh, in Melee, and uh, then I played DK64. And like, oh, this is where it came from. And uh, they censored it. They actually said hell in the original one, and they changed it to heck in Melee. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no cursing in Donkey Kong, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that's a little messed up, though, like I loved hearing it in the movie. It was funny. But then I heard like Grant Kirkhope, the guy who wrote the rap, didn't even get credit in the credits of the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> he went and watched the movie, and he was like, oh, shit, my song is in here. I didn't know this was going to be in here. And then at the <laughs> end of the movie, not a single credit. It's right, DK rap from DK64. And that's it. It's like, right. That's pretty dirty, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we already, I, I think the whole Donkey Kong section in the movie was just there to show us like, this is what all the characters are going to look like in the Donkey Kong. Yeah. Like they went out of their way to show us, this is Dixie Kong. This is Diddy Kong. This is like all the Kongs. So, um, But anyway, we do have uh, one more bit of action figure news to talk about before our first segment is over. And that is Mattel. 
uh, doing their first go at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'd heard this was coming a while ago. We saw leaked pictures that didn't look great, but again, they were leaks. And I, I don't even know if those were like different prototypes because the Turtles figures do look a lot better than those leaks did. And you couldn't even really see what else was going on, really. And I don't know why. I just figured I would be a little bit more excited for this line than I am. I don't think it's terrible by any means, but I, I don't know. Like, the turtles look cool. Krang looks cool. Trapjaw looks cool. But, we, like, He-Man and Man-at-Arms are just kind of eh. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah. it just seems like they did the four characters. And they're like, oh, I guess we got to work in some regular characters. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I, I just don't love it like I thought I was going to. It is weird. It is definitely a weird idea for a line. I didn't know what to expect when I first heard they were going to do that crossover because uh, before we saw the leaked images, because a lot of lines have done like He-Man style figures for other properties in like the past five years like or more. We've had like Conan the Barbarian like He-Man. We've had Mortal Kombat like He-Man, most from Funko. We had a... Uh, Thundercats like He-Man, tons of DC characters like He-Man, slasher villains like He-Man, WWE wrestlers like He-Man. And even now that the WWE one is over, now they're doing a normal WWE one, but it's like... Same exact style figures. Yeah, it's just yeah. not like they're not barbarians and stuff. Um, so we've just had so much of that, that the, the, the novelty's kind of worn off. But I was kind of just expecting that, like roided up turtles in barbarian clothes and stuff. I wasn't expecting He-Man to be in there and like actual characters from He-Man and actual characters from Ninja Turtles. I thought it was going to be like a literal mashup of character ideas. Um, and that He-Man, I still don't know what the hell they were thinking. Uh, I don't know what the hell that is. I really think he should have just been a mutant battle cat. That would have been way cooler. Um that man at arms is just, I'm sorry. It's just fucking boring. Like the turtle shell shield is cool, but like everything else about that dude is just boring. It's just, yeah, I don't know why. And like, I, I don't know what it is. Like you said, the shell shield looks cool, but other than that, like, I mean, he almost just looks the same, but not as good. Like, I feel like Donatello's <laughs> armor looks better than his does. And it's pretty much just, just the traditional man at arms armor. And, that's where I thought they were going as well. Like I thought they were all going to be like mashed up characters. Like I thought the Donatello would be the Donatello and the man at arms figure. I didn't realize yeah. this was going to be like the turtles coming in to the Motu universe. And I, I just, I feel like they could have done more with those characters for sure. And I, like I would have went the mutant route with all of them, like, and actually yeah. done mutants. Like I feel like, he-man is just a repaint all they did was paint him purple with some like green veins or something like he's just i don't know he just he doesn't scream mutated he-man to me like i almost feel like anti-eternia he-man looks more mutated than he does in a way i don't know like it just yeah it just seems flat like those two characters just seem flat compared to the other ones he seems like a weird hybrid of anti-eternia he-man and faker like he's yeah like, there you go kind of like some weird hodgepodge and I think that there's so many where it's so obvious what animal to make them. Like yeah. He-Man, make a, a green tiger, make Tila a snake, make Sorceress a, a hawk. Like you, you, it's it's kind of already there right for you. Itself. Yeah, like make like Skeletor, maybe like a Panthor one, but he has like a cat skull for a head or something. Mm. Like, like you could do so much stuff with that. I mean, Beastman kind of already is a mutant, but um, like there, there's a lot you could do. 
and they just didn't go that route. I think the most creative one is the Mouser Trapjaw for the He-Man characters. I think that's creative. Um, because he doesn't really have to be a mutant, he's already like an abomination. Uh but yeah, I, I just don't get what like the point of the line is, to be honest. Like you said, like, that, that's really just a standard man at arms figure. We've had so many of those between origin, uh origins, and then you know, not even that long ago. I guess it was a while ago now, but classics, and we've had the what's the new one, the masterverse. Yeah, we've had multiple versions of him in masterverse, including like a reimagining and everything. And it's like, we've just had so many of them. Now they're doing the tune line for uh, Origins. Origins yep. is going to turn into like a tune line now. It's just like, wh why do I need this Man-at-Arms? What What is it about this one that I need? I, I the, the hue of green is kind of cool. It's like cooler than it usually is, but uh, that's not going to make me buy a freaking figure. So I think this line, unfortunately, is an easy pass for me, honestly. So it'll be a pick and choose for me because I'm definitely going to get those turtles. I'll probably get the man at arms. Then the Krang. See, so like you said, the, the trap jaw figure is kind of a mashup between trap jaw and mousers and yeah. the Krang figure. I don't know who, I don't know who that character is that he's merged with. He's a deep cut that I don't even know of. He's so deep. So I'm sure he any would... real Motu fan probably thinks I'm an idiot, but I don't know who that character is that he's matched up with, but that is an actual mashup figure. Yeah, that's so at the near the end of the line, they made these two giants. Uh I forget their names. <laughs> Sorry, but there was a big green orc one, and then there was like a big like human one. Uh like they were like giant figures though, and they had like real hair for some reason. Mm. Uh so he's mashed up with the giant, uh, the green giant figure, not the jolly green giant, but you know. Um yeah, it's it's cool, but at the same time, I think I can pass on all of them. I don't know. Maybe when I see them in stores, they'll look really cool and I'll grab them. Uh, but I really honestly was hoping more that we would just get like Leo as He-Man, Don as Man-at-Arms, Mike as Orko, Raph as, I don't know, Ram Man or something. Like I was, I was kind of hoping more for that. And uh, that's not what we're getting at all. So, yeah, I'd really like a Raphael, like with the, Man in arms, mustache, and all the armor, you know what I mean? Or like the long blonde locks on Leo would have looked cool. Like, yeah. I feel like the mashup line would have been the way to go for sure. I think if they had done that back in the day, if Playmates did that back in the early 90s or the 80s, that's what they would have done. They would have yeah. would have gone the extra mile to make them look like the characters. And uh, because you know, the Leo, if you look at him, he is wearing like He-Man's outfit. But you almost don't even notice that because it's so stylized and he doesn't have some of those defining features like the the, the blonde doughboy yep. hair. So it's like he just kind of looks like a weird take on Leo. Like, oh, is that fast forward Leo or something when you first see it? And it's like, oh, no, never mind. It's supposed to be He-Man. So like Donatello is clearly man at arms. But uh, I think I, I just feel like every figure, even the good looking ones like Leo and Don are probably the best looking figures in the batch. I still feel like they could have done, gone further with them. They could have done yeah. more with them. It, it feels like crossovers have really lost their luster for me now because everyone does crossovers. And this is like my two favorite toy properties of all time. I should be super hyped. But crossovers have been done so much that like if you don't do something really cool with that crossover now, I'm not going to care because crossovers are a dime a dozen. So like you got to do something really creative with it for me to care. And that makes sense too, because that that's probably the good explanation of why it's fallen so flat for me is because it is just, I feel like the bare minimum. And, and honestly, like 
if the turtles didn't even have their armor, they do look like cool turtles too. Like I, I like the look of their head sculpts and stuff. Like they kind of have like the attitude of the 87 figures and they just have the yeah. solid color eyes and stuff. So it's not like they're bad sculpts, but I don't know if I just like set the bar too high mentally in my head, but like I said, I'll probably pick and choose what I want. I sold all, almost all of my origins figures except for like the main cast for good guys and bad guys, bad guys and castle Grayskull. just in case this line did actually come out so then i could have that display for those guys so <laughs> like i said I'm, i probably won't even go in on like the man at arms or he-man because i'll just pair them with the regular ones and stuff from origins but yeah i just I, I don't know what it is like i wish i was more excited about it than i am i guess yeah same like i, I love both these properties so it's like those are my two biggest toy collections is he-man toys and most of all turtles toys so like it should be a no-brainer for me, but for some reason, I'm, I'm looking at them. It's like, yeah, I don't need these. Again, if I see them in stores, maybe they'll look awesome. Uh, but from what I've seen, it's like, I, I can pass. I'm definitely, there is no reality where I need to own that He-Man figure. <laughs> this is April O'Neil, Channel 6 News, and you're watching the Party Wagon Podcast. All right, so... We're we're doing our first, uh, I guess, review of a, an animated series that isn't the one we grew up with. We were tasked with watching Rise of the TMNT, the most recent Ninja Turtles cartoon. And before we jump in, I have a confession to make. Sir, I did not watch every single episode of the show. I watched, so, I watched most, but... <laughs> Well, I'm in the same boat. So every episode played, but I mean, I just, because originally we were supposed to record this last Wednesday and I had started, I had a day and a half or I had a half day off that Thursday and then I had Friday off and then the whole weekend. So I was like, all right, when I get out of work Thursday, I'm just going to watch the whole thing. So I pretty much just like let it run that entire weekend. And I saw the majority of things, but there's definitely filler episodes where I wasn't paying attention, but I, I definitely tended to because I was always kind of listening and there'd be certain episodes where I'm like, okay, what's going on here actually sounds important. So I'll hone in on this episode. And there definitely is a lot of filler that I don't think is super crucial to this, the entirety of the show. Yeah. You probably watched more than I did. So I watched uh, a lot of season one, most of season one, uh, almost there was like six or seven episodes near the end that I didn't watch. And then I skipped to like the crucial episodes with like the, the shredder armor and all that, like at the end of the season. Then season two, I only watched crucial episodes. I was like, okay, I'm only going to watch the big story beat episodes. And uh, I skipped everything else because like at some point, I'm sorry, but at some point you're just like, I, I get it. Like I've seen enough of this show. I know what the show's like. <laughs> like I don't need to watch any more filler episodes. Like I know what they're like. Uh, and I, I had seen some of the season two ones years ago. Like I saw... There was one with like a fish monster, I think. And there was one like layer games where the turtles have a little like uh, Olympics thing like in their yeah. lair and stuff. I remember seeing those back when they were new. That was like 2019 though when I was drawing while they were on. So I barely remember them. But I've seen enough. I watched almost every episode in season one. And uh, what do you think? Okay, so this was my first time watching any of this show. I'd watched the pilot probably about a year ago and i'm like yeah i don't think i'm gonna go any further in this like i just had to see if it to see if it was as bad as people said and i didn't love it and i didn't hate it but i'm like i'm just not gonna take the time right now to watch through this whole series so 
after doing it this time, like it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it definitely not only could it have been better, it was better at certain points. And that's like the thing that frustrated me the most is there's times where it's a pretty damn good show. Those times are few and far between, but there is the bones to be a good show here. And I feel like if they would have focused on that stuff more, like this, this show could have survived. Like it's not terrible. I think they just made a lot of terrible decisions with it. And I mean, I, I don't know what we want to get into first here. Like, what do, what do you want to talk about first? Well, I still have my like general thoughts on it. Okay. I to do. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll, it's going to be all over the place. But yeah. <laughs> so I want to say, so I did the review of the movie like a year over a year ago, I guess now, whenever the movie was new and probably two years now, I don't know what the hell that was. And I had seen some of the show. I'd probably actually saw more of it than I thought I did at that time. I probably saw like 10 episodes or something or even maybe more. But I was like, you know, I I don't think it's bad. I think it's a good cartoon. It's just not my turtles. And I have my nitpicks and everything. And I didn't think the comedy was particularly funny and everything. But I said, like, I thought the action scenes were awesome. The animation was beautiful in the action scenes and stuff. And that was my consensus last year. And I have to say, after watching almost the entire show or a lot of the show, my opinion hasn't changed that much, but I think it's changed for the worse. I think like any of my negative opinions have gotten stronger. The positives stay the same, but the negatives have gotten a lot stronger, I think, um, after watching more of the show. And I know what you mean, because there's there's definitely like those more story-driven episodes where it's like, okay, this is getting pretty damn cool. I'm actually getting pretty into this. But then you have dumb crap like Wrath being afraid of a possessed bunny doll and like you just have all these episodes like that that are just like was this really necessary and i'm sorry uh, i know someone told me in my movie review in the comments that i have no sense of humor i don't think the comedy is usually funny in this show uh it feels like a crutch it feels like boomers like 60 year old people trying to write meme zoomer humor and like not getting it uh, i already find zoomer humor obnoxious as it is anyway usually but like it's trying real hard for that like meme kind of humor and i'm just kind of sick of like big properties trying to do that like leave that to the people online making memes uh d- don't try to put it in like your shows and movies and uh it, it just it feels like anytime this show is getting good, they they bog it down with a bunch of stupid jokes. And it like, it kind of takes the severity out of everything. And I know it's for kids, but like kids can deal with serious stuff. Kids loved Batman, the animated series when I was a kid. And I, I don't think the show needs to be that serious. It can have its jokes, but it the jokes feel forced. They feel like a crutch. It feels like Anytime the show is getting too serious, someone has to make some fourth wall breaking meta joke about how stupid the scenario is or something. It just ends up ruining the, 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 the you know, the subversion of everything. And uh, I just don't get into it. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, I can't get into this. It's just like they're, they're afraid to tell their story without beating you over the head with all these crazy, wacky, zany jokes and stuff. I really think if they focused more on the story and uh, took it a little more seriously, I think it could have been way better than it actually is. So that's exactly what my biggest problem was as well. Like 
I do feel like I have a good sense of humor. When I go see movies in the theater, I'm typically laughing louder and harder than most people at the movie. Like, when I saw Lego Batman, I was dying the whole fucking time. Like, I appreciate kids' humor. Like, the majority of what I watch, almost everything I watch outside of Seinfeld is cartoons. Like, that's everything I watch is animated. And I do watch a lot of kids' cartoons. Like, my last big era was, like, the regular show Adventure Time era, which would have been like the early 2000s, so I'm or 2010, so that is like a decade ago at this point. And yes, yeah. those shows were originally targeted for an older audience, and they ended up tuning the show down to take it from Adult Swim to Cartoon Network. But like, I do get kids' humor, and like, even just comparing it, and it I'm gonna make comparisons to like every iterations of the Turtles, but like, comedy wise, just comparing it to Mutant Mayhem, like. It's both Zoomer humor, but I thought Mutant Mayhem's comedy was way better than what Rise's was. And that's its biggest problem is it's a comedy and it's not that funny. Like there was jokes that made me laugh, but most of the time it was the origami ninjas. They The, the bigger one kind of tended to get me the most. They did a couple of good gags with the origami ninjas. Like they were pretty funny to me. Draxum was pretty funny at times to me too, but like... Uh, I don't know, like the turtles themselves, I felt like usually came off a little bit more obnoxious than they did funny. And that's the killer of the show, I think. Like when your main characters aren't funny in a comedy, like that's a problem. And like you said, when the show when the show is at its best, when it is working on that overarching narrative of like what the main like arc of the story is and they are getting into more of the serious things like when the finale of the first season hit like i didn't even know where i was in the season but like i just instantly was walking around i'm like wait the tone in this feels a little bit different i think i should sit down and watch now and dude i got sucked into that finale in season one like i'm like that was the first instance where i'm like whoa this can be a good show. Like, I feel like before that, I was kind of just wading through it. There was things that I liked. But, like, once I saw that, I'm like, okay, this show does have potential. And it is when it's it, it's better when it is being more serious. And like you said, like, they're, they're, kids have no problem with serious things. Kids have no problem with heavy things. Those are a lot of what the cartoons in the early, mid-90s were. So I don't know why they just thought... It had to be so over-the-top slapsticky like it was. Also, I think a lot of the jokes, like a lot of the meta-humor and breaking down, like it's kind of that like we're covering our own asses. Like, look, we know this is cheesy. We're going to make fun of it because for some reason, people always talk about how cheesy Saturday morning cartoons used to be back in the day and that now cartoons can be enjoyed by people of all ages because they're so smart and highbrow and everything. And funny for all ages and actually you know it's not just made for kids but it's like essentially when it comes down to your story writing you're still writing the same kinds of stories that saturday morning cartoons did back then yeah just now you're like too embarrassed to just do it you have to make fun of it the whole episode and like yeah. point out that it's stupid yeah i do think definitely what you were saying is a problem with the turtles not being funny not only are the turtles not funny i i hate to say this i go as far as to say they're they're kind of unlikable i like so Leo especially like <laughs> and, and it kills me because the voice actor that does him plays this character John Raphael in Parks and Rec and he's like one of my favorite characters and he's like the same tone he's supposed to be an unlikable douchebag but that's what makes him hilarious on that show to where like Leo is supposed to be an unlikable douchebag but I don't like him like I, I, I don't like I don't find humor in his douchebaggery 
Yeah, when I hear is Ben Schwartz, when I hear his voice, I just think of the new movie Sonic voice because that's the same guy who does the movie Sonic. So, like, when I hear Leo talking, I just think of Sonic. But <laughs> oh, I didn't know he did the voice. Now I haven't seen any of the Sonic movies. So, oh yeah, Ben Schwartz. He does. He also did uh, Dewey, whoever the blue one is, in Ducktales and the Ducktales remake, um, which I didn't get into. I watched like two episodes of him. Like, yeah, I'm good. Um, but uh, he he plays blue characters for some reason. Sonic, Leo, and uh, Blue Doc. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think Leo and Don are just arrogant douchebags who think they're better than everyone else. And Raph and Mike are just fucking morons. And yeah. it's like you have these two complete idiots, and then you have these two complete douchebags. And it's just like I, I don't know if we're supposed to like these guys. And uh you know when they roast each other a lot and kind of shit on each other, which teenagers do, and I think that was done really well in Mutant Mayhem, but in this show it just kind of comes off like they hate each other. It comes off like they really don't like each other. The terrible. Yeah. I know what like, you mean. That it doesn't seem as brotherly. Like like you said, like I feel like it, it just doesn't feel organic to where it is in Mutant Mayhem the teasing felt very organic, and any other iteration it just felt much more organic. To where like you said, this one it just feels like force touching on all the characters so first of all donatello and leonardo's voice actors sound way too similar their voices <laughs> are way too similar like yeah. i feel like leonardo is just they're the same character but leonardo's just cranked up 25 percent pretty much and then donatello still has the brain stuff going on but they are essentially the same character leo's just a little bit douchier and since they're all supposed to be the comic relief that kind of makes mikey like have no personality in this one like yeah. i don't i couldn't really tell you what his personality is in this because he doesn't have anything that the other brothers don't like he's kind of the heart but also raf's kind of the heart too so like I, I don't really know what mikey's role is supposed to be in this one and raf was like I, he's probably the one i hated the or i guess i didn't really hate mikey but like raf didn't really bother me as much either because yes he was a dumbass but like I don't know. It was it was just nice to see a different side of Raph where he wasn't just locker room cancer the entire time. And like I as where I don't like him as the leader, like I did like how he was always trying to like pull it together for the greater good and keep everybody on track. Yeah, he's definitely the least I mean again, like Mikey's not a douchebag, but like he doesn't like you said, he doesn't stand out. Raph is definitely like the most noble of the group. Yeah. Uh which is weird because that should be Leo. But, exactly. Um, when, I remember when they, they first announced each other, they said, like, Leo's the cool one. I'm like, isn't Mike the cool one? Isn't that how it goes? Like, Mike and Ra Raph's the cool douchebag, and Mike's the cool fun one. Like, that's how yeah. it's supposed to be. And I feel the same way. I said that, actually, in my movie review I did, like, a couple years ago. I was saying, like, I barely remember Mike from the show. He feels like an afterthought. Like, it's, it's I re when I think of Rise, I instantly think of Leo and Donnie being douchebags. I think of Raph being a big idiot. And then Mike's just kind of there. Like, yeah. uh, and the funny thing is, is go, I, I thought like they didn't do a lot with him. Like, Oh, Mike's no. probably like barely even in the show, but going back and watching it now, it's like, he gets just as much screen time as the other turtles. He just has nothing to him. No, like, exactly. He just has no personality traits that jump out at all. Like he's just the most generic one for sure. Yeah. Which is so weird. Cause Mike's usually the crazy one that sticks yeah. out the most. Like he was, 
he's the one who told kids not to do drugs back in the eighties because he was like, you know, he was the character like uh, that kids liked most from Ninja Turtles. Cause he seemed like the, the, the fun one. And then this one, he's the least fun. He's so he's supposed to be like, I get I guess like arts and craftsy and creative or something. He's like the creative one, the cute one or something. I don't know what the hell he's supposed to be. He's no. just the boring one. Um, Yeah. And then, I mean, Splinter, do you, how do you feel about this? Splinter? I get why people hate him. That being <laughs> said, okay, so like when the show starts out, like the first episode hits and it has like the tone that kind of sets the pace for the actual over arc. And then it kind of gets into some filler stuff and it almost seems like they're not going to touch on the origins or anything. So like at first you're yeah. like, man, Splinter just sucks. Like, I mean, like he just sits there in the chair and he sucks and he just calls them colors. Like he, he sucks, but once his like character development started going i started to like him a little bit more and for what his character is it makes more sense like just knowing like his actual background story like do yeah. i like that no not necessarily but I, I do feel like he had like actual some of the best character development growth whatever you want to say like it just kind of got into his background story the best and towards the end which we'll get to later like i mean there was actual heart to his story, which was nice. So I, I get he does suck a lot. But like once he decides like he does need to start getting his shit together a little bit, I started to like him a little bit more. I'm the same way. I think the like first half or more of season one, he just he's unbearable. Um, But the episode where he just takes a joyride in the turtle tank and all this stuff, like he sucks at early yeah. on in the show. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but when they when they reveal who he was before being a mutant and everything, and they tie a lot of what seems like random shit in the show together with him, and he starts yeah caring more, and he's actually more of like not only a father figure but a true sensei. He doesn't even feel like a sensei early in the show. He just feels like some old cranky asshole who's living with the turtles. Yeah. And uh, when they really do that with him, I think he gets a lot better. Uh, and even then, I think once you start liking him more as a character, his comedy actually starts becoming more funny uh, because it's like, oh, OK, I actually like this guy now. So if he says something funny, I'll laugh. I'm not just going to be annoyed that he's being a fucking douche all the time. Um, but, yeah, they definitely like you said, they skip all the origins like we never once find out why April O'Neil hangs out with the turtles, like how she met them. They, they so, never clarify that. I, th and, I think I could be wrong. Like, I feel like as far as, like, the good guys go, April's really the last character we need to touch on. Like, I, I, first of all, I don't feel like she needs to be April. The only time I feel like she even remotely has anything to do with April is in the movie, which I feel like the movie was something that's like, okay, we'll take everything everybody complained about and we'll just try to patch it up real quick here. So like Definitely, she actually yeah. talks about being a reporter in the movie, but other than that, she could have just been any character. Like she has no resemblance to April whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the movie definitely i uh, just to touch on that real quick i do think it was like a patch about okay here's the here's krang here's casey jones april o'neill's a reporter now like they were really just like oh the turtles have their real weapons it was just like yeah. don't worry it's the turtles you know and love like it was too late at that point yeah i think april is just a random new character and i don't hate her she's kind of like she's the same level of like crazy fun as the turtles but she's not as much of a douchebag so she's actually kind of like a more likable version of the turtles to a certain degree 
But at the same time, there's nothing interesting about her either. She's just kind of there. Yeah, so every time like she attacks somebody or something or jumps into action, she just screams her name. And it's like, wow, you really didn't spend waste too much time writing this character. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, she seems like she's just there because the, the turtles are supposed to have a female human friend. And uh, it, it really doesn't even feel like she needs to be there, honestly. And honestly, since they pretty much recreated every other, like, because this was mostly original characters, like, yeah, Shredder comes in at the end, Crane comes in at the end, but, like, for the most part, every other character outside the Turtles and Splinter are new characters, so I don't even know why they couldn't have just made it a new character, like, yeah, I don't know, like, and again, it's not like, it's not like she was, like, obnoxious and I hated her or anything, but the one thing that did drive me nuts is I feel like she was, like, overpowered like even like like there was times where she like got abilities for a reason and stuff but i mean other times she could just like hang with the turtles and i realized the turtles hadn't really been trained at that point either but like i don't know she just seemed like she was a little bit too strong for just a random female teenager yeah she would go in like fighting the same guys the turtles are fighting she would just whack them with like a, a baseball bat or something yeah. which is for some reason, she uses like Casey Jones's weapons, but um, yeah, she'd go in there and like whack him, and it would like knock the dude out. It's like really like a high school girl hits you with the stick and it knocks you out. Like why is she so strong? Yeah, right. like um, and that kind of I mean, there were like a couple other ones that were complete reimaginings. Like Baxter Stockman is like a little kid who's. Baxter Stock boy, he's like okay, yeah. So I forgot. I did like that one. I like that. That's the way they went with Baxter. I like that redo of his character. I feel like it doesn't need to be Baxter, but and then like Cassandra Jones, they're like they call me Casey. It's like that's that's not Karai. That's that's Casey Jones in this. Okay, room? hold on. So this was something. So, so like when she first appeared, like I must have been doing something and I missed it. So did it never cover her name until the very end? I, I yeah I don't think you hear her name. She's just like foot grunt or something. Okay, like, gotcha. Because at that whole time, I thought she was Karai until Karai oh, showed yeah. up. Like that threw me off so much. Well, yeah, like I I told you when we did the the design ranking that Karai was like the Mulan looking girl. Okay, uh, yeah, and that made sense. But I thought she like was gonna like develop into that character or something. Like that's oh, okay. what was throwing me off that whole time. And then yeah, when that happens at the end, I'm like, oh, that's what that build up was for. Because then at the end of the movie, they throw in something with Casey. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's just that's the biggest problem, I think, with it. Like, I wonder, I appreciate they did something new because, like, they just did the 2012 show and that was like kind of paying homage to all versions of Turtles in the past. And uh, Turtles had just been done so many times. The IDW comics were running the Michael Bay movies had come out and stuff like they needed to do something fresh to warrant the existence of rise. So I, I appreciate they tried something new, but honestly it's so different that I don't think it even needs to be teenage mutant Ninja turtles. I think they could have just changed the designs and names of the main like six characters and just made it something else. Cause so, it, I feel like all the filler episodes, I was thinking the same thing. I, I was like, this could just be anything like this doesn't even have to be turtles. Yeah, but the thing that that reminded me of, and this is where like people are probably gonna give me a little shit. It seems like this would be the most easily comparable to either Mutant Mayhem or the 2012 show, but really, 
the show it's most comparable to is the 87 cartoon far and away. Like it is oh, really? the same exact thing where like some episodes will be focusing on like the overarching plot for the season, but then you just have your fucking bullshit filler episodes and both of those shows have a lot of that. So it's like <laughs> it, that just really shows you how like powerful nostalgia is because I mean, and the more I think about it, the more objectively I'm like, yes, 87 cartoon is not a great cartoon, but I still love it. And it's like for this, like it does do a lot of those same things where it just has episodes about nothing that really doesn't even have to be turtles if it wasn't the turtles. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like even the turtles themselves are so different. Like everything is so different. The world is just so different that it really feels like this could have just been a new IP. And I think it would have probably been better and more successful if it was a new IP. Cause you know, new cartoons can do well. There's been like, you know, new animated series. If anyone's going to get into something and make it happen, it's going to be little kids. Like I know movies are just like make ghostbusters for the 5 millionth time, but like, when it comes to cartoon shows geared towards kids, new ones have done well time and time again. Uh, I mean, look at how big I've never watched it, but look at how big something like Steven Universe became or My Little Pony and stuff like that. Like, actually, that's a bad example. My Little Pony. <laughs> uh, anyway, but <laughs> Steven Universe or Adventure Time or, and stuff yeah. like that, like in the 2010s, when like the nostalgia craze started, everything was just a reboot. Cartoon shows like that and Gumball and regular Michelle and all that stuff were like, those were really successful cartoons and uh, they were all brand new properties. So I do think that you, you probably would have had more love for the show had it just been a new IP other than pissing off a bunch of people by calling it Ninja Turtles and them just being like, this isn't my Ninja Turtles. And it, like I said, it really has no need to even be Ninja Turtles. Um, it, it, I, I think it's, I'm all for reimagining stuff, but there comes a point where the reimagining gets so distant from the source material that like, you have to look at it like in a chart, like pros and cons, like what's different and what's like the, the original IP. And when there's only three things on the, like the IP chart, but there's 30 on the new chart, it's like, okay, it's a new IP, get rid of the old one. So, uh, I think. I think Rise honestly kind of suffers from having to be a Ninja Turtle show. So I don't, I, I want to touch on that. I, I still want to talk about like the villains and stuff and characters, but like, <laughs> so the thing about that is though, like, I feel like the show is at its best when it is the most focused on the turtles in their origin and stuff like that. Like the finale of season two or season one and season two, like, that is the best parts of the show for sure. I think that's even better than the movie, honestly. Like, I think those four episodes yeah. are far and away the best. And it's because it's the most focused on, like, what's closer to original Turtle stuff. Like, Shredder is way different, but Shredder's there. And you still feel that same, like, oh, shit, it's Shredder. And they got to deal with Shredder. But they're also kind of getting into what made the Turtles the Turtles at that time. And especially the end of season two. Like, I feel like they actually, like, kind of become the turtles in that one and like i said that's just when it's at the best and even the 
yeah, the end of season two, like when it gets into all the stuff with like the Hamato clan, like that should have been like the underlying thing the whole time. Like that is where the heart of the show was. Like the season two finale was like a le- legitimately, I didn't cry or anything, but like, like I, I'm like, okay, this has a lot of heart to it right now. Like this is a good show. Why didn't you do this for the other 38 episodes? Like this is good right here. Like it has heart. It has seriousness. And when the comedy is spread out, it's not nearly as obnoxious. So, like, yeah, I feel like if this show didn't do the turtle stuff, like, it really wouldn't have any redeeming qualities for me. Like, I feel like it would be like a, an F straight up for me without like the actual good turtle stuff that I did appreciate. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I do feel like they could have done it better, but like the the stuff that was actually turtle stuff was far and away the best part of the show for me. I, I agree, but at the same time, I think, like, if this wasn't Turtles, I wouldn't have even watched it. Yeah. Oh, um, exactly. But I think the people who do like it probably would have liked it even more if it actually wasn't the Turtles and it was a new IP. Yeah. Um, Because I, I think it also would have got more people into it. Because I think some kids might just be like, oh, I don't like Ninja Turtles. That's like that old thing or something. Or I've seen a Ninja Turtle show before. I don't need to see another Ninja Turtle show. So I think more people would have given it a chance if it was like, hey, here's this new IP that has a really quirky art style and really good animation. And some people might find it funny. <laughs> I, I think that would have done a lot better than, hey, here's an Ninja Turtle show a year after the last one ended. And it's totally different. And it it, it's just super fast paced ADD humor. <laughs> like I, I think funny enough, even though we like the serious moments more, I think their idea was we'll win over audiences with our crazy comedy and that will make them care about the serious episodes where in actuality, it's like, I would care more about these serious episodes if it wasn't for all your obnoxious comedy. So I think they thought that the comedy was the winning recipe that would win people over. Whereas like, I think most turtle fans, at least who watched this just wanted the more serious episodes and the comedy we found obnoxious. I can't speak for everybody, but you know, other stuff that I did like about like the more original aspects of the show. Like I know you said Baxter kind of could have been anybody, but like, for the most part, it was original villains in this show, and I liked most of them. Like, I I, I feel like, I don't know, they, they weren't, like, super great standout villains, but, like, Meat Sweats was a pretty good villain. Like, Hypnopotamus just had a hilarious name, like, in Gimmick, and th- th- my favorite character, I hate to say it, and he's not even really a villain, but I fucking loved it whenever Todd showed up, man. I fucking love Todd. I, I didn't... I remembered hating Todd actually at first. I remember in my my review, I think I thought his name was Phil at first for some reason. I think I called him <laughs> Phil in my movie review. It's like, yeah, and they show Phil in the future, and I hate that character or something. But it's like watching him, like I don't know why I hated him. He's actually not a bad character. I don't... <laughs> no, I mean especially that first episode when they show up and like he's supposed oh, to be like this terrible person. He's got this puppy pilot, like he's got the puppies. <laughs> like he's just I don't know. He makes the world's best lemonade. Like he just seems like a great guy. Yeah. And then they throw him in with all the villains in the Rogue episode, and he's like such a good <laughs> juxtaposition there. And they're convinced he's evil somehow, but they can't yeah. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked the fun new idea of like making new mutants. Uh, like some of them are really fun ideas. Repo Mantis is a funny idea. Yeah. Meat, Meat Sweats is like, uh, what's his name? 
the guy, the, the, the food critic who's famous for being a douche. I can't think of his name right now. There's so many. Guy Fieri? No, Guy Fieri's like nicer. Uh, Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay. He's basically Gordon Ramsay. Even has the British accent and stuff. Uh, he's he's basically Gordon Ramsay if he got turned into a pig who then gets like out of power from like silverfish that like lets him melt into like meat goop that turns into smaller meat. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um He's a cool idea. Though. I love his design. And then you have the uh, uh, hypnopotamus who's Australian for some reason. You have uh, Warren Stone who's like the uh, news anchor who turned into a worm. He wants to be the turtle's greatest foe because if he can't do the news anymore, he wants to be the news. And uh, <laughs> no one even acknowledges he exists. Uh, you had some good villains in there. I think I think probably the, the, the one that I didn't like the most, I found it like somewhat funny here and there but i think alberto is just such an overdone gimmick it's just five nights at freddy's um yeah. and like i loved uh for modern cartoons i didn't really get too into a lot of 2010 cartoons but i loved uh gravity falls and gravity falls did an episode called seuss and the real girl which is whole fucking hilarious that episode is funny as hell and they kind of do the five nights at freddy's thing at the end and they did it so much funnier than this cartoon did and then even that DuckTales cartoon I saw, the new DuckTales, like the second episode was like a Chuck E. Cheese thing. And it's like, everyone's just done this Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese turn goes wrong kind of thing that I just felt like you're bringing nothing new to this Alberto thing that like all these other properties haven't done already, especially making him a bear. Like really like Five Nights at Freddy's is so big. That yeah, he's a real like, blatant ripoff for sure. Yeah, I just felt like he wasn't that inspired. Uh but yeah, I think most of the, the ideas, I mean, even the good guys, there was like Bullhop, who's like a bellhop, but he's a bull. Right. And like, yeah, I like the puns. They had some pretty good puns on this one. Yeah, because if these guys existed back in the, the you know, 88 toy line and stuff, that's probably what they would have been named. Like, yeah. <laughs> those are the kind of names they would have had. So uh, yeah, like, like Repo Mantis and stuff. It's like, yeah, I could see that being like, uh, you know, an action figure. Hypnopotamus would be an action figure. So like, uh, yeah, they're they're fine. They're all pretty one note, but it's not bad. I mean, so are all the villains from the '87 cartoon. But uh, what do you think of Baron Draxum? So he's kind of the figure that, or figure, kind of the character that uh, I guess surprised me the most is what I want to say because I figured he was just going to be like the overarching villain the whole time, and he is in the first season, but then. He does the switcheroo in the second season where, like, he takes off the armor and he kind of becomes, like, the, I mean, like, ultimately an ally. But, like, I don't know. I didn't see that part coming. I didn't see his character having the story arc that he did. So I kind of liked that, that I expected it to be one way. And you kind of got the switcheroo. And, I mean, I like Cena, so I liked him as a voice actor. But, like I said, I think the best villains for me were the origami ninjas. I liked them the yeah, most. Funny. And, I don't know, I like their interactions with each other. And there's the, one episode, I can't remember what it was, but they kept saying the same exact things the turtles were saying, like, right after them. Like, I, I don't know. I think they were the funniest and the best villains. And I just yeah. liked how they're, like the power. I like how they could just throw the things. And then they got the what was essentially the foot clan in this one, the origami ninjas. So, yeah. I, I think they were my favorite villains for sure. But I think Draxum, like I said, I, I, I got way more out of him than I thought I was going to. I thought he was just going to be like one note, evil for the sake of evil. But then you kind of like it just changes in the second season with him. So I did like that. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the origami ninjas are probably the funniest characters in the show. They just they just seem to have the best writing. Like they were just yeah. the funniest writing. Um, but yeah, Draxum. Like, yeah, they, just with origami, they just they're talking on the phone. He's like, "What are you doing in the gym? Getting swole?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to get swole. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking uh, yeah, but Draxum. I I I have to say, I didn't realize when I first started watching the show that he was wearing like a mask and stuff yeah i just I, thought that was his face yeah me too and then like he looks like a pink like rat sheep man or something or goat man they keep calling him a sheep and i, I didn't get that he doesn't look like a sheep he looks like I, I don't know almost like a like an ox or something maybe yeah, like he looks like krampus or something like, yeah <laughs> but uh yeah he's a pink krampus man uh actually but yeah he it's kind of weird he kind of becomes like the alternate dad of the, the turtles have like two dads kind of yeah. <laughs> in the show um but yeah I, I think he's good i actually do like his arc i think he's an interesting character uh i think yeah again like going into the show originally i thought he was just gonna be like okay here's the new shredder he's just evil and he likes being evil for the sake of being evil and that's really not his 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 standpoint like he really just like bully he's kind of like magneto almost like he wants mutants to not only be acknowledged as people, but he's gotten to the point where he's so mad he wants them to overtake people. Yeah. So he's kind of like, or yokai, I should say, in this one. Um, then there's Big Mama as another returning villain, like recurring villain. I, I feel like they wanted to do a lot with her, but she never quite stands out as like a major character to me. No, she must have been in mostly episodes that I was like doing stuff during because I, I, she doesn't even come towards the top of my list. It seemed like they wanted in season one. It seems like they're almost building her up, like like Draxum and her are like the main villains, and uh, she does. I could be wrong. I might have missed episodes like in season two, where maybe she's bigger or something. But like to me, she's she's just not that big a deal in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the main thing I remember is her just like swooning over Bullhop. Like I don't really remember that much else. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't feel like she was like a standout villain or anything in the show. I really like. I think she might be my the one that registered the least with me, honestly. So when you said that you thought she was building up to be the biggest one, like, yeah, I must have literally been not tuned into those episodes at all that she was in. Because yeah, they tried to make it seem like her and Draxon are like working together, but they're actually not, and you never really know if they're working together or not until later on, but. Her like her like her true form is like a big like mutant spider, but then she can turn into like a humanoid form. Um, yeah, I don't know. She was it just. I feel like when you watch season one, like she they use her a, a lot at times and like kind of hint that she's gonna be like a big deal, and she really never, at least to my knowledge, she doesn't really turn out to be a very big deal. I might have missed a lot of season two, or maybe she is, or whatever, but. Didn't really leave an impression on me. No, because, so. I mean, I feel like she was even less involved in season two, honestly. Because I feel like season two was a little bit more narrative-driven than the first season was. I, not, I wouldn't say it's, like, completely narrative-driven. It definitely, I mean, it starts off with a filler episode when it should have been picking up with the finale. But yeah, talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like after the Shredder stuff started going, like, I just, I don't, I feel like everybody else kind of went to the wayside, really, as far as, like, yeah. then you knew Shredder was the big bad going forward. Yeah. 
I do kind of feel like they're, they're still very similar, but I do almost feel like there is a distinction between season one and season two. And I think, I think season two is kind of reactionary and meant to be sort of like damage control. Cause it does seem like they, they, they kind of care a bit more about like the serious moments and stuff. They care more about the overarching story. They seem to like, focus more on the aspects and characters that were received well and focus less on the things that people mm-hmm. didn't like. And like, again, it seems that like they try to tie it into Ninja Turtles a little more in season two than they did in season one. Uh, they try more of the narrative stuff and less of just like the, there's still a ton of filler episodes, but you know, they, they try a lot less of them. It, it seems like that show was constantly just reactionary. It was just reacting to the criticism and mm-hmm. the movie feels like the final attempt to, yeah even further course correct. And I think that is a problem too, when you don't stick to your vision, when you have a vision that you're not faithful in, uh, then like that can be a problem. Like if you don't have any faith in your, in your vision, then like, why should anyone care about it? Kind of like, it seems like they're just going back and trying to please people who told them they sucked all the time. And uh, that rarely ever makes a good product when it's made with that approach. So I feel like what the situation was is that at first they're like, we're just going to make this a slow burn. But then I feel like once they realized that it wasn't doing as well as they thought it would have, because I'm sure they're just like, this is turtles. This is going to do well. So we can do whatever we want. We'll slowly build the plot as we go along. But then I feel like after the season, the first season probably wasn't received very well in season two. Like, okay, we gotta, we gotta get our shit together here or else we're in trouble. And cause like I said, from, by the end of season two, I, I think it's a good show. The end of that season, like it has heart, it has good plot, it has good story, it's not as slapsticky. The action is the best that it ever is. Like, I feel like if they just would have taken that chunk and made it the whole show, it could have been a good show. But I just feel like it was too little too late by that point. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's definitely when it's at its peak. Those like final three episodes in season two, I forget what they're called. I think like the end game and the finale or something. I think it is just like finale part one, finale part two, and finale part three. I think yeah, Yeah, literally just that. I think end game was season one, actually. Yeah, season two was just season two ended or season one ended on a two part or two, which I have to say this now because it's the thing that pissed me off the most about this show. So the season two one finale starts. I'm the most invested in the show I've ever been. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Like, why couldn't it have just been like this the whole time? The season ends on a cliffhanger, and you think season two is going to pick back up where it left off, but no. It starts with a fucking filler episode, and I was just like, did none of that even matter then? Like, what is going on? But then the second episode of the season picks up, so I don't know why they did that like that. Like, that was just annoying. It almost feels like they thought like, okay, kids need the funny stuff. We can't give them too much of the serious stuff. Like you got to ease them back in with a funny episode, but it's like, I think kids much more would have rather found out what happened to, to everybody after that story, rather than like, here's the turtles playing games in the sewers and stuff. Like it, it is really weird. It almost seems like they made the second episode, second batch of episodes first, but they did, they took them, rearranged them in order. And put like the funny one first because it's like they just wanted a funny one to kick off the season or something. I don't know. It, is, it was weird. Yeah, it pissed me off. I was so mad. So I, was, <laughs> I was like, God, I was so sucked in after that finale. And then they did that to me. But then the, it ended up being pretty good. That second episode was pretty good. So 
yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they could have, they definitely could have jumped into that a lot sooner in the first season. But like I said, I think they just thought the show was going to instantly go five seasons because it was Turtles and they were just sadly mistaken. Oh, especially coming right off of the 2012 show, yeah. which I mean, even that, that was insanely popular, that show. Like that was everywhere. I still see merchandise for that show in stores, um, which is, is weird. It's actually pretty old now. You think about it, it ended in like 2015. And like I, I still see, or maybe 2016. I don't remember when it ended. I think 2015. It ended with the fifth season, yeah. which was kind of a spinoff as it was anyway. Yeah, um, it was just an anthology season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Tales of the TMNT, which is going to be the name of the new show, which is confusing. Confusing, but, right? <laughs> But yeah, like that was a that was so big, and it was everywhere. It was merchandised to hell. It was like the biggest the turtles had been since like the 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 nineties. And even that, like they got they barely got five seasons out of it. So uh, I I feel like I don't know why I understand why they were expecting it to be popular because turtles was like hotter than ever at that point. But I also don't get why they thought they were going to get like this long running show when like the really successful one barely even made it to five seasons. And I, so I've heard that that show was like intentionally killed off that they're like, we're only giving you five seasons because we want to reboot and make brand new action figures. Like I I heard that no matter how good that show did, they were only getting five seasons. Oh, Um, okay. I mean, that makes sense because the story does wrap up. Season five feels very extra. It feels like, okay, this show is popular, so we'll give you another bunch of stories. But like the actual story of these characters is over. And this this is where I do want to make my 2012 comparison. So the 2012 is the perfect example of how you can balance like comedy aimed towards a younger audience and a serious show. Like I feel like that's what that show did I think, again, I haven't seen 2003, but I think it does the best job of balancing everything to where when Rise was doing that, when they were doing their serious stuff, that's when it was at its best. But like, that's the biggest difference between those two shows is 2012 did take itself a little bit more seriously. Rise didn't take itself seriously at all with like the exception of the finales for the first couple seasons and the movie. Yeah. And even then there's still humor into like, like injected into like, almost every scene yeah exactly um yeah i i personally like 2003 better than 2012 but i think 2012 does a better job of appealing to old and new fans like kids and veteran turtle fans than 2003 2003 is like kind of more like a big kid show i think it appeals more to like middle school high school not really little kids where 2012 uh yeah definitely i think it appeals to everybody yeah. Uh, but I think I like 2003 better. I think it's a better cartoon, but I think 2012 does the mission better. Uh, but yeah, Rise is, I, I see Rise almost as like a weird transitionary piece of Turtles media. Like it's an experiment to see like what they can get away with in Turtles, like how far they can take it uh, and still get people to like it. So it, it feels like a stepping stone between the Michael Bay Turtles and Mutant Mayhem to me. Like they have the radical redesigns and the skull caps and like the, the the tons of detail crammed onto them and the reimaginings of what they look like and act like, like the Bay movies and all. But then they have like the frantic comedy and like more like younger teenage 
aspect of it of mutant mayhem and everything and it, it really feels like an in-between they even have like the zanier art style like mutant mayhem would have a zany art style mutant mayhem is even crazier but like it, it feels like it's going in that direction like it's it's the bridge between Michael Bay and Mutant Mayhem. Like Seth Rogen and Michael Bay are connected with Rise of the TMNT. <laughs> the other main aspect that we haven't really talked on a lot is this, like the main, like, I guess theme of the show is like the mystic aspect too. So like when they first go into like the mystic realm or whatever, they get their new weapons for the show. And then they get all these, like each one gets like a power essentially. So like Leonardo can cut like, holes in the fabric of space and time and like i don't know about time but space anyway and can teleport raft gets this like super exo like armor i think donnie can just see into the realm is that all his powers are i don't remember can he he can see mystic stuff is that what it is i never quite got what donnie's power was i might have missed something at some point maybe i wasn't paying enough attention but i feel like it changes from him like yeah having some kind of like link or sense to it to like suddenly he can just create tech out of nowhere yeah eventually he can create his own like mystic tech which is yeah. kind of something else that arc because i'm pretty sure that big drill shows up in the beginning right and then that's what yeah it's like a running bag with the drill yeah. there's like yeah, a running okay. bag we're like um, the, and then mikey's was always kind of confusing to me too so like was his chain weapon just like just could do magic things like what was his ability i never really could figure pin what his was I don't know. Raph's like, okay, super strength. Leo's portals. Sure, whatever. Uh, Donnie's like tech and, and smart. Okay, I get it. Mikey just summons a bunch of chains like he's fucking pinhead or something. Like right. I, That made no sense to me. I didn't get the chains. I don't know if I just missed the explanation or something, but I felt that way in the movie too. I remember just being like, what the hell is this mystic power? Like summoning orange chains. Like, I don't know. It just, that one really makes no sense to me. But then in the movie, he's like creating a, a time portal when he's older. So it's like, yeah. So he can do like, because by the time the movie happens, all their powers are, they've kind of like mastered their powers, I guess. So yeah, it's like, yeah. towards the end, he figures out that he can do like time warping stuff. So yeah. So I guess he can do time and Leo can do space is what that would have been then. Yeah. It's, it's, it's another element that just makes it feel like it's not Ninja Turtles. Like these could have been new superheroes. Like, hey, here's some funny, cool, hip teenage superheroes who have mystic powers where they can create portals and stuff. I think that would have been better received and better suited for something that wasn't Ninja Turtles. But maybe that's just me being like a, I don't know, what do they call it? A gatekeeper or something. These okay, days. so and here comes my Mirage comparison now. So I feel like that's kind of like the bullshit that Mirage did. You know what I mean? Like anything could happen to Mirage. Like there yeah. was no rhyme or reason. Like they weren't just hanging out in New York city. Like they were going through time. They were going into space. Like they were doing all kinds of different shit. So like, that's where I feel like, and even IDW, not quite as much, but like it, it has more of like a like mystic. Isn't the right term, but like, like they're, they're souls of people that are reincarnated. You know what I mean? So I feel like, it's not too far-fetched for the turtles for me. I think the thing that's just weird for me is that the turtles themselves are wizards, essentially. Like they're mages. Yeah. Like they're like black mages from Final Fantasy or some shit. Like it's just it's just right. weird that like they have these superpowers and stuff. Like I'm not used to the turtles having superpowers. I kind of thought their their superpower was that they were turtles. Like, oh, imagine if you had all the strength and protection of a turtle. And uh 
and you were a ninja. It's like, I don't know. Like, but at the same it, time, it, April had none of that, and she was just as good as they were. So Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's definitely been a push over the years to make April more and more badass. Uh, I know, like, in the 87 cartoon, she's pathetic. Uh, in the 2003 cartoon, she's a bit more of like a get 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 shit done kind of girl, but she's not like powerful. In the 2012 cartoon, she becomes like ridiculously powerful at some point. She like vaporizes Donatello in one episode by mistake. That I thought was kind of dumb. She had like psychic powers and I felt because she finds like a tesseract in space and shit. Like, uh, it got weird. When you get to season four of that show, it gets it gets too weird for me. That's where they jump the, sh- the Armagon, I guess. Um <laughs> But and then this one with no explanation. At least there she had like Krang DNA in her, like in in the 2012 show. In this one with no explanation, she's just like just as badass as the turtles. Near the end of the show, they do a thing where like Karai's spirit is like inside of her. Like if that was happening the whole show, it would have made more sense. But she's just a kid in the show, and she's like able to just beat the shit out of like underground ninjas and yokai monsters and shit and it makes no sense and again going back to the spiritual stuff like the stuff with the hamato clan i liked that stuff like i liked how like karai kind of was this like spirit that came back and then like it gets into all the stuff with like splinter's mom and stuff like it's just i don't know like there's a I do like that mystic side of the show. Like, it doesn't bother me as much, but I, I know what you mean to where, like, it is weird when the turtles are pretty much fucking airbenders and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it is kind of weird, but that's probably what they were trying to do, though, because this was at the time when anime was really on the rise. Like, I feel like this is when, like, anime and manga had really, like, came to the top of the pulp, pop culture, like, spectrum and i feel like that's why they probably leaned into that the way they did i thought 2012 was already leaning into the the, the anime stuff with like the the facial expressions i would say stuff. the style yeah but they, yeah. they those still felt like turtles you know what i mean yeah. they just felt like your regular everyday new york city turtles i feel like anime was already at the top of pop culture probably at the beginning of the 20, 2010s uh 2000s i feel like it was building up from like 2000 to 2009 you started with like the tsunami days of like Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and Gundam Wing and Tenchi Muyo and that stuff. And like that was building and building and they kept getting like Inuyasha and, you know, uh, Rurouni Kenshin and all that shit. It was getting bigger and bigger. And then by the end, it was just like a staple. You weren't a nerd anymore for watching anime. Everybody watched anime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rise definitely feels like it was trying to be anime. I remember even when the Shredder episodes were new, people would post clips of the battles and be like, as a joke, right? Like, you know, I got to say my favorite anime of all time is rise of the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's like, it, it really does like become an anime in the action scenes. And yeah, the- with the shutter, that's exactly how it feels. It is very like, like it feels very dragon ball where you don't even really see what's going on. It's just, psh, 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 yeah. just flashes everywhere. And just the fact that they keep getting stronger and getting new abilities and they have these crazy super modes they can go into and stuff. It's very, shonen uh yeah. it's very like a show very much like a shonen anime um but yeah i don't, I don't know I, I i do still feel like the, the the mystic part i can see why people would like it but i don't know it just doesn't feel like ninja turtles to me it feels like maybe that's the, the thing that goes too far for me where it just feels like this is too distant from the original property because again like the 
I don't mind magic being in the world of Ninja Turtles, but when the turtles themselves use magic, it gets kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I I can understand why people wouldn't like that, but that's the thing when I watched the first pilot where I'm like, well, this is exactly what I don't like about it. Like, what is even going on? He's got these fucking tonfos and this is stupid. And that, that so towards the end, they do get their regular weapons back, but their powers essentially remain the same. So was it ever the weapons that gave them their powers? Was it all inside? Like, that's the one thing I didn't get when they shifted back to their regular weapons. They still had the same powers. Yeah, I don't get that either, actually. I actually really don't know what what the the point was supposed to be honestly uh again maybe if i watched every single episode i would know but i feel like it, it, it they were originally bestowed on them when they got the weapons but then yeah like you said by the end of the show it's like they just have the powers so i don't know i have no idea uh maybe they didn't have any idea maybe they did we just missed it and we were gonna get told that we're idiots we didn't actually watch the show or something or right um or maybe yeah, I watched a shit ton of that show. <laughs> and believe me, I didn't want to. I'm like, man, this is October. I just want to watch horror movies. Yeah, same thing, movies. man. I was thinking the same thing the whole time. Like, should we watch the Simpsons Halloween episodes all day? <laughs> the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. Freaking, uh... But, you yeah, know, I watched the show. Maybe in season three they were planning to, to get that. I gotta say, though, in all honesty, it feels like the end of season two is intended to be the end of the show. Like, oh, yeah. It, it feels like the show is over, especially the movie feels like it is the end. Yeah. Um, it feels like if they were going to continue it, it would be a sequel series, not called Rise. It would just be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it would be like a whole new style, which I kind of hope they do, where it's a little more serious. And it, like after, because you know, by the end of the movie, Leo is, I guess we're going to get into the movie now. Um, Leo is a, is like, leo by the end of the movie he's respectable yeah. he like loves his brothers and is looking out for them he's like happy to see them being goofy but he's not really goofy anymore and stuff and uh i i really like leo in the movie i like i don't like that that character is supposed to be casey jones um but i do like that character and i like the dynamic with him and leo and him kind of pointing out to Leo, like, you're a shit leader, you're a douchebag, oh, yeah. what's your problem? You're supposed to be this noble guy in the future. And uh, I, I do like that that build for, like, that arc for Leo, where he becomes, like, the humbled leader who uh, just looks out for his brothers and stuff. And I think that was the best thing in the movie. Like, the Krang, like, I don't really care about them. They, they looked like giant gummy racers. They were just big rectangles. Um but like they were like whatever they're just your typical edgy bad guys but i think the leo arc was really what the movie was all about and the only thing i didn't like is that like after all that time like that all just happened in the movie towards i feel like that should have been happening all through the series like i feel like leo's arc shouldn't have just been instantaneous to pretty, yeah. pretty much casey jones just calls him out and he's like oh i do gotta straighten up and be the leader now like <laughs> yeah but, but yeah i do like how that shift happens because we we that movie does start like in a future flash forward and it shows leo and he is like this respectable leader and like you, you you're looking at this guy and you're like this is not who leo has been this entire series so you know something like that is going to happen in the movie but right off the bat in the beginning of the movie and i don't know if it's the only time it happened leo says badass and that threw yeah. me right off yeah. when i was watching that he does yeah he does he does say badass i forgot about that but also, did you notice that in the future, our two favorite turtles are the dead ones? Yeah. Raph and, 
Raph and Don are dead. Mikey's. Well, I mean, now after Ronan, I always expect Raph to be dead. So <laughs> he's never going to be the survivor anymore. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so. You know what was weird, though? I don't know if you noticed in the future, Leo has like a fake arm. Yeah, it's like yeah. a giant like Hulk arm. It looks like Raph, though. It has like red on it. And I'm like, is that made to look like Raph and like in honor of him? Or is, did he literally rip his dead brother's arm off and like sew it onto his body? I don't know. I thought maybe he just like had some further mutation going on because he kind of looked bulkier in general. Yeah, but he definitely had like a strong guy arm on one side yeah. for sure. He was like Jet from Cowboy Bebop or something. Like he had like yeah. the one metal arm or something. But, but yeah, because they were supposed to be way older. Like Mikey looks old and yeah. they, like an old monk, which is weird. He grew hair, which is like, right? Is that a thing they can do? I guess um, someone get old. But, uh, yeah, I think the movie's good. Um, I again, I really like the story with Leo and stuff. Uh, I think it's a good wrap up of the show, but like you said, I think the finale in season two is better than the, the movie. I think so too. I think both the season finales from one and two are my favorite parts, but the movie as a whole, like, I, I can definitely understand why people did like it so much when it came out because. I it, it just does has a heavy tone all the way through, and that is what I like. Like it, it's not slapsticky. It's serious with some jokes in it, and I liked. They're not Utrams here. They're all just the Krang or whatever. Like yeah, they're, I liked how that they were a little bit heavier too. Like they were straight up killing people. You know yeah, what I mean? Were, yeah. Like they were absolutely killing people. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I liked that heavier tone, and that is where it just feels like it's like okay, we're just gonna take everything that people wanted put it in this movie make it fan service and you, you could just tell it was just done a little bit too deliberately i feel yeah. like like it was too much of a change going from that show to that movie but if the movie was just a standalone movie and i didn't see any of the show it would it would probably be a middle of the pack movie for me i definitely don't love it and i definitely don't hate it but it I, I, like I said, that's just what makes me think they could have done a better job with the show in general, and they could have made it serious, and people would have responded to it. Yeah. One thing I need to address about the movie that I'm, I'm unsure about, because uh, the characters all look exactly the same as they did in the show, but there's got to be like a massive time jump from season two to, to the movie, because isn't April in college in the movie? It seems that way. She definitely seems older. And again, she's a reporter. So I feel like she's at least out of high school. But like, I was kind of confused about her age in general, because in the beginning, it almost seems like she's living alone. Yeah. With the cat monster or the cat dog thing, whatever it is. Cat dog. Which yeah. Does that thing just disappear at one point? What happens to that? What What is it? It's like actually... I can't remember. It's late. Keep referring to it as a dog, but it looks more like a cat to me. Yeah, it looks uh, way more like a cat. It's late. It's like actually like a like a, a spy, Japanese thing. It's like a spy thing for one of the bad guys. I'm trying to remember. Who uh, uh, I don't remember what happens with it right now, but yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it looks like at that point she's living alone with that thing because they say you guys came and busted down my door, but then later yeah. it seems like she's back in high school. So I was always kind of confused. And I know, I want to say it's Briar Shin has responded to us one time about her age. And I can't remember what it was supposed to be. But I think it is a time jump after the season ends, season two ends and that movie picks up. Because I remember when the movie, when the show first came out, they said the Turtles were going to be younger than they've ever been before in the show. They don't look that young. Uh, they're not the buffest the Turtles have ever been, but they probably have like the manliest physiques. They have these like tiny little waists and these like big chests and like right. 
these arced backs and like wide shoulders. Then they have these like buff ass legs and stuff. It's like, these do not look like 14 year olds or something. Like these look like big dudes. <laughs> like Raph is, Raph is just a giant square. The dude looks like a fucking waffle. Like he's just humongous. <laughs> um, So like, yeah, I don't know if they're supposed to be like 14 or 15. They, they look way too much older. They're way too confident and cocky to be that young too. Like I was a drooling idiot when I was 14 years old. Right. <laughs> but yeah april and the turtles look exact so i don't know if it, yeah anyway april and the turtles look exactly the same in the movie as they did in the show um i don't know if april was always supposed to just be way older than the turtles and she's just hanging out with a bunch of young kids or if like a lot of time is supposed to pass over the course of that show and the characters are supposed to be getting older and older because again they never change the way they look so I don't know what's going on with the age of the turtles. They say they're the youngest they've ever been, but then if April's meant to be their age and she's in college, by the way, they're all college age. They're technically like the oldest the turtles have ever been in an animated version. So, uh, and if April is older than them, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of making her a teenager. Cause like the reason you made her a teenager was to fit in with the turtles and be their age. So there wasn't this weird chaperone feel. But if she's like 18 or 19 and they're all like 14, then she is a chaperone. So it's like you might as well have just made her a woman. It's 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 weird to me. I don't know. I don't know what the ages are of these characters at all. And so they have to at least still be teenagers because at the end of the movie, it's the first time they actually refer to themselves as the Teenage Mutant that's Ninja true. Turtles. So like that's yeah. the first time they actually say it. So they do have to be teenagers there. They could be like 18 though or 19 or something. True. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you're not supposed to think about it. But right. <laughs> it, it just seems like they made a no- they went out of their way to make a note that they were the youngest turtles ever. And then I believe I could be wrong. But I believe they went out of their way to say that April was working for a college newspaper. So it's like they kind of went out of their way to say they're young. And then they went out of their way to say that they're older. So it's like yeah. it makes me wonder, like, well, what the hell's going on in this world? So uh, like in the 87 cartoon, I never thought of their ages. I think of them as being like. 20 or something. Well, that's the thing. In every other iteration, other than I, f- I feel like um, Mutant Mayhem is the only one where they really, really 2012, they kind of feel like teenagers a little they bit. Do, too. Yeah. Like, th- those are the only ones where they actually feel like teenagers to me, is where we've talked about it. The original movie, Raph just seems like a New Yorker in his mid 30s. Like, he does not seem like a teenager at all. None of the turtles do. I think that they had qualities like Raph's going through his angsty, rebellious phase where he's questioning everything his father ever taught him. I think Mikey is very immature and how he deals with serious situations and stuff. I think Leo is like helplessly, you know, not his own individual. He's trying to just follow what he's been told and everything. I, th- I think like there are very teenage elements to them, but with the voices they gave them and just how hulking they are and stuff, I guess they don't feel that much like teenagers in the movie. Yeah. But I, I think personality wise, they're very teenager, like in the 1990 film. But I think like, and they're all a little immature and jokey too, but I think like physically and with their voices, they don't feel like, like teenagers in the 1990 movie. Anything else you want to say about Rise? The only other thing was their designs at the end of season two were way sweeter than the other ones. I wish they wore that black stuff the whole time. Oh yeah. The black, the black bands are pretty damn cool. I have to say. Um. Did the, did the designs grow on you? Did the art style grow on you or do you still hate Okay, it? so that's the other thing. Like, I didn't hate that as much as I thought I would have either. I don't like the shape of Donatello's head. 
<laughs> but even like Raph being bigger and Snaggletooth didn't really bother me. Like I feel like I got used to that pretty quick. And even the stupid skull cap didn't bother me like it was usual. So it was really just the shape of Donatello's head that I didn't care for. And I don't like Splinter's design at all either. Yeah. But like as far as the villains went, I liked all those their designs. And like I said, towards the end, I didn't even mind the turtle designs. Yeah, I generally like them. I don't want them to be like the base turtle designs, but for a spinoff, I think they're good. I think a lot of them, like you look at the character and you instantly know their personality, which is a very good thing in character design. That like mm -hmm. you look at Donatello and you know, okay, he's a smug brainiac who thinks he's better than everyone. Like they gave him like the big literal big forehead yeah. to show he has a big brain, but like he always has that shit eating grin on his face and like the little eyebrows and everything to let you know, like, yeah, he thinks he's hot shit and stuff. And uh I, I think all the designs are pretty good. I think, you know, April's design is good. The turtle's designs are good. Uh, I just think, yeah, of the returning characters, Splinter has the weakest design. Yeah. I love the the art style. Again, like, I don't know if it needs to be the art style for turtles, but I do love the art style in the animation, especially when they get the higher budget art style for the action scenes and stuff yeah. where, like, it's more fluent. It looks beautiful. And even the whole movie, like, I was, like, oh, yeah. the the they must have really got some money for that one, which that was probably when Netflix was throwing out money like crazy for people. So, yeah. but yeah, like that one, they really stepped it up for the movie, but even from the beginning, like I, I, I liked the animation. I liked the art style. All the action scenes were great. Like I never, I never, there wasn't really anything about the animation or art style. I didn't like. All right, cool. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Uh, actually that's, I guess an ending note I have to say is the reason I didn't watch that much of season two though. I forgot. There's actually a reason. I'm not just covering my ass. <laughs> so they added the, all the rise of the TMNT to Netflix recently. I have Netflix. I don't have Paramount Plus. So um, they have the movie on there and they have the show. So I started watching the show. Then season one ends and it goes right into the movie. I'm like, huh, where's season uh... two? Why, why did it go to the movie instead? I searched the whole website. There's no season two on Netflix. I had to acquire other ways of watching episodes <laughs> season two netflix what the hell why do you have one season what's that maybe paramount plus that was like the agreement it's like you can tease them with one season but if they want to watch the whole thing they got to sign up for us i bet know? that's what it is because it's also weird that the and i know the movie was a netflix movie but that's not even on paramount plus yeah. at all which is weird and yeah it's uh, okay i'm glad you did bring that up because the one thing i'm happier that i'm done with is dude paramount plus is the shittiest app like dude it like does like janky stuff all the time like really? the next scene will start playing and then it'll cut to commercials and dude they only have like four different commercials that oh, they play so like i had to watch this freaking monster high bumpers so many times and the one is just this girl farting and saying she ate cheese and i heard that freaking sound bite so many damn times it made me want to blow my brains out so not gonna be watching paramount for a while i want to start the o3 cartoon soon but i'm fucking taking a break from paramount yeah o3 cartoon is gonna be a big undertaking that's gonna have to come later because that's gonna take us a while to get through yeah I, i'm just gonna start plugging away at it i think slowly but surely like watching an episode every day after i come home from work or something you know what I would do for that one, honestly, I'd say like first four seasons, most people seem to agree is like all you need to watch. Um, I, I've never watched the whole show, but um, I could easily watch like the whole first two seasons. Probably. I think after that, I would just find an episode guide on Wikipedia or something and just see what like the, the key episodes they say you should watch are. And I'd just watch those. Cause I'm not watching every episode of fast forward or back to the sewers or any of that shit. So, yeah. So, and it's funny because the only part of that show I have seen is fast forward because my first year 
that I moved out would have been 06, 07 in that vicinity. I would wake up on Saturday mornings and watch cartoons and I didn't have cable at the time. So I only had Fox and that was on Fox. So I have seen a lot of fast forward, but oh. no other parts of that show. I've barely seen anything of fast forward. I had like no interest in that. So. <laughs> I only liked it because it was turtles and it was on. So. <laughs> well, I, I, I guarantee you will enjoy the first couple seasons a lot more than fast forward. I believe it. <laughs> They're a lot better. Um, yeah. So uh, that's our opinions on rise, I guess like not bad, but like has a lot of promise, but doesn't ever meet its potential. Yeah, definitely could have been better, but I, I do not feel like I can understand. Like if you got turned off right away, I, I get that. But the best stuff is at the back ends of the seasons for sure. And like, I, I would go as to far, go as far as saying that the finales for both seasons are good. Yeah, I would too. I guess before we sign off, it's your favorite Halloween candy as a kid. As a kid. Probably what were, like your, what were like your top three? Like what were the best things? Okay, so get? peanut butter cup, butterfinger, and those are definitely my top two. Those are a hard top two for me. And I don't even eat butterfingers as much as I used to, but me neither. Yeah. For me now, ever since Take Fives came out, they, that is far and away my favorite candy oh, ever, right. dude. Like I freaking I cannot stop eating them. We have a cookie jar full of peanut butter cups and take five. I always get both packs. I go through all the take fives first, and then I'm right at their peanut butter bats now. But yeah, yeah, dude, I freaking take five is just perfect. Like I fucking love that thing. Really? I never got too into take five. I remember when fast break was new. I liked fast break. Yep, I, I did like those too. Uh my favorite was the nutrageous. You don't get this for Halloween, but nutrageous is the best yeah. thing Hershey's ever made. I love they're so rare. You can find them at Wawa's by me. I don't think anyone knows the hell. Oh, Wawa. okay. But um yeah, actually, I think Peanut Butter Cups and Butterfinger were my top two as a kid, too. Maybe three was, like, Three Musketeers. So, uh, I didn't even start liking Three Musketeers till I got a little bit older. When I'm, uh, I don't know what made me start appreciating them, but I didn't even like them when I was really young. I, I started liking them because of Halloween. Because I remember getting them. I never had them normally. And then I would get them sometimes from Halloween. That was before they even had the silver wrapper. They had, like, a white wrapper back then. Oh, okay. And uh, I remember having them like, oh, that, what's that like good fluffy bar that you get at Halloween? I'm like, oh, it's not a Halloween thing. You can get it all year. But uh, yeah, I think those three were probably my favorites. The worst thing I ever got for Halloween as a kid, there was a house. Well, uh, the worst edible thing. Some people gave you like finger puppets and shit. <laughs> the, the, some people gave you a nickel. That was like a just, you might as well just punch <laughs> me in the face. Um, but the worst thing I thought was edible was a popcorn ball. But it was like. It wasn't like a homemade popcorn ball because you're not allowed to do that anymore because there might be razor blades in it. Right. Even though there never was. The only case of that was like a guy trying to kill his who killed his own kids, but like he like poisoned their pixie sticks. Yeah, I heard bad. that that was all completely an urban legend and none of that shit yeah. ever happened. But anyway, like you couldn't like because back in the day, like, you know, you watch like like arsenic and old lace with Cary Grant, and it's on Halloween, and it's like they're they were hitting out whole home baked pies to kids. It's like I don't care if there's a razor blade in there. I want that fucking pie, man. Give me right. that. Like, come on. I want that shit. Uh, but this was like in a clear pack, no brand or anything, just a corn like popcorn ball. No salt, no caramel, no butter, nothing. It's this dry styrofoam ball. It was like, I took like three bites out of it and just threw it out. I'm like, I can't believe we got through three. I know. Cause, cause I remember like always hearing kid, like, you know, parents, like people from like the sixties and fifties and stuff would always say like, Oh, you know, popcorn balls were the best. They used to talk about them in Charlie Brown and stuff. I'm like, 
I think kids are supposed to like these. So I'm like trying to eat them. Like, oh yeah, when oh, they're good, they are good. But yeah, yeah, this sucked. It was so bad. And I was like, oh god. And I, I just threw it out at some point. I'm like, what the what the fuck were they thinking with that one? <laughs> also hated jawbreakers because there was no logical way to eat it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Never the really fan. I like gobstoppers because they're more of a regular size, but like yeah. giant ones. Yeah, I never yeah. liked those. Like the Ed Ed and Eddie style. And the one. sugar wasn't even like good in them. Like they were just no. like sugar. Like it wasn't even like a flavored sugar. If anything, it tasted like stale sugar. It was yeah. like <laughs> it had this gross, like it was kind of malted, but not intended to be. It just got like fermented over time. Like it was just gross. It was like, yeah, I don't know. There was some bad shit back then. And then, I mean, Candy corn, I like like once or twice a Hate year, it. but like it's not good. Like I have it sitting out with my decorations out there, but uh, I've eaten like maybe two pieces of it all month. Ugh. No, I, I used to pretend I liked it when I was a little kid. And then one day I'm like, why am I eating this? This tastes like shit. Because it's part of the season. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's it. All right. Yeah. So finishing up our Halloween slash Rise episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more of a Rise episode. But all right, guys. Happy All right, awkward sign off. Yep. Peace. <laughs>